0: Has someone ordered a cab for uh, for Grant Mansion? Yeah, that's me. Excellent, hop on in, let's go. All right. you are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 43, and tonight we return to Friends of Into the Night, and we have a special guest with us uh, going through his Desert Island Discs, or not Discs, Desert Island Comics, um, or as I like to call it, the Isla Ra comics. Um, so strap in, sit back, relax, and get your conchi long. Okay, Loony listeners, hi, welcome back. This is episode forty-three, and uh, unfortunately, uh, just spoken to him recently, um, but Connishu won't be with us tonight at the Grant Mansion. But um, we did get Jake Lockley to to pick up a special guest of ours. Uh, you may have heard him at the beginning of the show, and uh, just like to welcome our good Loony friend Rick. How are you going, Rick? Oh, I'm
1: fantastic, man. How are you?
0: yeah yeah, good good it was uh it was great to catch you um and thank you so much for for coming on to the show tonight uh, very exciting what we have is um, we put a question out to Rick and uh, yeah we basically asked you um, your your favorite comics I guess of all time is that right Yes, I think so yeah mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, we have four. Uh, Similar to what we did last time with the Immortal Iron Fist host Connor. Uh, We've got four of Rick's favourite comics that we'll look at... First, uh, well not first, well we'll look at, but first, sorry uh, Yeah, I just wanted to, to welcome Rick to the show And um, yeah, this is a good opportunity I think for, for loonies to, to get a no, get to know a few of the other loonies out there as well um, Rick, uh, tell us, can you tell us a bit about yourself, like where you're from um, And uh, yeah, and how you got into comics Oh,
1: for sure Well, I am from uh, Sydney, of mm-hmm. course Mm-hmm and uh, all I do is work work, <laughs> play with cats collect comic books, look for action figures mm-hmm. and yeah that's
0: it that's my life in general You have got a massive action figure collection um, I think you've posted it up at the, um, at the ITK Facebook, uh, Facebook group um, Most of them are, are Funko Pops, is that right?
1: Uh, some of them are Funko Pops Currently I want to try and have a bunch of Marvel Legends figures Ah oh, yes, of course. Yes, because I really love the designs and everything.
0: They are really good. Um, yeah, Connor and I we looked at uh, obviously the Moon Knight Legends figure uh, late last year, I think, which is uh, a fantastic, fantastic looking figure. Um, out of your oh. yeah, out of your collection, what would you say? What would you say your favourites would be out of the, the Hasbro Legends ones? um, uh,
1: hmm. okay. The old the I would usually say Moon Knight. Uh huh. Well, oh, honestly, mm-hmm. I like I like the Darkhawk
0: figure a lot. Oh, Darkhawk! Yeah. Oh, I know that you are a big Darkhawk fan as well, Rick.
1: Yes, I'm biased. <laughs>
0: um, I think there's a I think there's an Infinity Countdown Darkhawk coming out, isn't there? No, this week. This week, yep. Yeah. Ah, excellent. Yeah. And and is it? Um, do you know much about? Like, is is he going to get a series or is it just a one shot so far?
1: It depends how the miniseries goes because no one expected the one shot to spawn into a miniseries.
0: Right. Okay.
1: But due to all the positive reviews and stuff and positive word of mouth, yep. it, people just loved it.
0: Yeah. Well, I yeah I enjoyed that Darkhawk um, one shot. That was really good. That that Legacy one. Um, I'm kind of hoping the same thing for Shang Chi as well. Uh, did you get that one? Oh I, th- yeah. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. That was by. Um, uh, God, what's his name? Um, he's a he's a, a UFC fighter. Um, uh, maybe. Let's just call him that guy. That guy, yeah, yeah. He, um, I think his surname's Punk. What is he? It's um. Oh, CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk. Punk. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. I remember on the um on the Serious Issues podcast. It's uh this for loonies out there. This is another podcast. Uh, covers all things comics. Uh, they weren't too impressed with it. I thought it was a, a bit um a bit lackluster, but I thought it was quite good actually. I I thought it was humorous. Uh maybe it just appealed to, to my like schoolboy humour. But um yeah. but the Dark Hawk was really good, I thought. It was like the standout. Yeah, yeah. And uh actually Rick, that will um kinda segue me into just asking you. I know you're also a big fan would it be fair to say that you're a big fan of the nineties, nineties comics? Of course, of course, man. Or, or, of, uh, uh, the character. yeah, or, or comics in general. I'm a uh, wink, wink, uh, young blood, wink. Oh, wink uh,
1: <laughs> oh, the renaissance of the nineties, man. Yes. <laughs> so I don't care what people say. Nothing will ever stop me from my Rob Liefeld love.
0: That that's fantastic. And look, um, all fans are different, and all fans love different things. They take away different things from comics, and that's a beauty of, of comics in general. Um, but if you were to, I guess, uh, explain to some fans out there, so what is it about the 90s that really, or, or the 90s comics and life Liefeld, that really kind of gets to you? Uh,
1: there's two reasons. One's the funny reason. One's the weirdly serious reason. The mm-hmm. obvious funny reason is the bad art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, some art's good. Well, some art's good, Oh, yeah. some
1: art's good. then you get the art where it's like, oh, he has... One hand has five fingers, other has three fingers. <laughs> wow. The feet are always covered in grass, fire, mold. Oh yeah. Like that. Oh. They have retarded faces. Yeah. Are it's you always
0: like that? You're, you're talking about Lyle specifically, yeah? No. 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 Yes. <laughs> okay. You. are. <laughs> well, no. The only thing that gave it away was the um. Was there no showing of the feet? But um, I thought his art was generally... I remember when I was young as well, um, growing up with some mates from high school, and you had the big... um, I guess, to me, there was a big two. It was Jim Lee and and Rob Liefeld. And then you had Eric Larson, obviously, on on Savage Dragon. Then you had a slew of other... um, I I did love my Jim, Jim Valentino. And and you you and I have discussed uh, Wetworks, obviously, with... um, Oh,
1: Wetworks,
0: man. uh, Yeah, which was uh, Spatashio, right? Yes, Wallace. Oh, is it Wallace? Oh, oh Wil. Oh, oh, no, Wilce. W h i l c e. Yeah. I think Wilce or Wilce. I don't know. I'm assuming it's Wills, but um, yeah. Um, and obviously Mark Silvestri with Cyberforce was a big one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So apart from apart from Rob Liefeld, then uh, again, more generally in the '90s, what's what is it about the '90s vibe that kind of gets you?
1: I don't know, man. Maybe because it's the <laughs> art style I grew, I grew up on the most. Yeah, Not the yeah. Rob Liefeld art. I'm like, talking about like Jim Valentino, yeah. Mark Silvestri, Jim Lee, the yeah. biggest
0: one, I think. Tom yeah, McFarlane. Oh, Tom McFarlane, of course. Yes, yes. Yeah, they were or, big, They were the big hitters. And back in the day, the artists kind of ruled, didn't they, over over the oh, writers?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And another thing I love about the 90s, which people won't say much, mm. I think it's to me, I think people had the most creative freedom at the time, because let's think about it. Without the 90s, we wouldn't have Marvel.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: wouldn't have the Vertigo line, wouldn't have Sandman. Yeah. All, these big, all these big stuff that happened during the
0: 90s. Sin City was a big one, Frank Miller. Oh, yeah,
1: Sin City. Yeah, yeah Sin yeah. City. You're Robocop right. versus The Terminator by Frank Miller.
0: <laughs> okay, throw that one in there. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, a... I think you'd be surprised. It's actually quite decent.
0: Oh, is it? Okay.
1: If you have never seen Terminator two or any other Terminator sequels, yeah. It's actually a surprisingly
0: good read. Okay, right. I um I remember that a lot of those crossovers I used to get because uh, I was in uh, you know, you you and I have talked about being valiant fans as well and um yeah. Magnus versus Predator was one of the ones I used oh. to used to get. That was a that was a good one, I thought. I love that one. Yeah. I, I think um I think Dark Horse from memory, had a were, were quite big-ish in the '90s. Would you say as well? Oh, they were. Yeah, they were. I remember there were a lot of Predator titles out there and, and Aliens. I mean, today now they're still releasing a lot of Aliens titles, but not that much. No, no. Um, they've been yeah, they've been pretty small, like um, short. Yeah, the longest one I've, I've collected was the Brian Wood one that um that was uh, I think uh, early last year or mid last year. But uh, I, was, I wanted to read that one. Uh, it's it's okay. Exactly. It's good. It kind of um it kind of plateaus towards the end. Uh, it was really good build up. Um and the ending's kind of like ah oh, okay. I, I reckon it probably could have been like a ten issue arc rather than maybe like a 12-one Probably if they cut it down a bit. But um no, it was it was pretty good.
1: I think the best like Dark Horse crossover they ever did, I think to me, is the aliens versus Wildcats. Oh yeah, because what's great about it, apart from it being written by our Lord and Saviour Warren Ellis, God <laughs> bless him.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: The best thing about it, it's canon.
2: Right. And okay. what
1: and what happens because it leads into like the authority and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: it's like it's like the team before Brian Hitch moved into Marvel of the Ultimate.
0: Okay, right.
1: So pretty much it was in canon that storyline. They killed off the original Stormwatch team, which some of the members end up going into authority.
0: Right. Uh, this is um sorry um I'm not too familiar as well authority. We're talking about um, Wildstorm. Wildstorm. Okay. Right. That and that is an offshoot of DC? It was originally an offshoot of Image. Oh, okay, right. Oh cuz it had then, Grif- they had Grifter in there and everything. Had Grifter Yeah, had Yeah,
1: yeah. Midnight Apollo. Yeah. Okay. Actually right. before Timely sold all that Wildstorm line to DC
0: Right. What was that, sorry?
1: Oh, okay. Pretty much I said before Jim Lee sold all that, it was originally at Image, but when he sold all that, including
0: Wetworks, oh. DC. Oh, so Wetworks went across as well. Yeah. Ah, oh, loonies. I am learning a lot already from our guest. I should mention also we called you the Rick Ball Special, which um, that's yeah. uh, courtesy of Connishu. So we have the Rick Ball Special with us coming up. I've got to find a sound effect for that, but I don't know what. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, take us take us back then, um, Rick. Uh, to uh, like how did you how did you first crack into comics and what was your? Oh, can you remember the first comic that you picked up? Whether it was oh, a, a newsstand or
1: or you know, oh, I can remember it, man. Yeah. Back in the glory days of the nineties, oh, beautiful time. <laughs> yeah. Street sharks were rampant. Power Rangers were everywhere. <laughs> the X Men were like big. Mm. It was a great time. I was yeah. I was around like five or six where yeah. I first got my comic book. my dad used to work a lot, he'd come home, he'd bring stuff back to me. Then one day he came home with a few comic books. I remember them: One's Cloak and Dagger it had Spider-Man on the cover. Oh. I think it was an Act of Vengeance tie-in. Oh yeah, because it was like Cloak and Dagger, Spider-Man, and Ghost Rider versus Mephisto.
0: Right,
1: that one a Marvel Comics present.
0: Oh, they were great. Rider, right? great. Yeah, Yeah, so I love them. Nice anthologies, yeah. Yeah.
1: And the third one was, uh, I think it was Amazing Spider-Man? It was part of uh, Round Robin, was it?
0: Um, Oh, okay. Really, it was uh, the Mark Bagley one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a great... Sorry?
1: Oh, no, you got one.
0: That was was rude. No, no, no. That was all right. No, we find out we do that a lot on the podcast as well. Yeah. it's just, it just, you know, comes with the territory. With, um, with just, you know, just podcasting over. But, um, no, I was about to say it's, uh, yeah, it was. That's a great run. That's a great run to to get into, sink your teeth in. Because Mark Bagley was a big, I I thought he was a big hitter back in the '90s as well. Um, and it's yeah. amazing that he's still going today. I know. Yeah. Surprising. This... But yeah, I I was reading all that, and yeah. out of nowhere,
1: he stuck out that great visual man. Because, man, let me tell you, yeah. Night Thrasher was an amazing design.
0: Oh, <laughs> Night Thrasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but did Night yeah. But seriously, yep.
1: but, but seriously, when I first saw Moon Knight, was in that book.
0: Ah, so that and was... Once,
1: yeah. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm really bad at this. No, no. But, yeah, that's when I first saw him because design-wise, it was like, it was popping off the book.
0: Yeah. It it looked pretty slick. I must say. I mean, compared to well, Mark Bagley for me, he draws the hell out of any character really well. Um, and yeah. yeah, he he did a really cool Moon Knight. Very uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. If, if you like Mark Bagley's style, it will definitely be your bag. But um, was that how you first? Obviously, I guess that's how you first got introduced into Moon Knight. And was that was that the moment that you thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe follow this guy for a bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Right, and then what? Uh, what was the first like um, solo title, like Moon Knight title that you got then?
1: back the Moon Knight, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, uh, that would be obvious anyway. I guess you, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was in the '90s, and it was a long run as well. It was like quite a sixty-issue run, which you obviously you don't get these days. And um, even. Um, even volume one in the eighties lasted only thirty eight. Thirty eight, yeah. So, I mean, that was still that's still pretty long, again by today's standards. But um, Mark yes. Spector's got the longest running longest running run there. Um, yeah, I mean, I collected Mark Spector as well. I thought it was pretty good. I, I jumped in around um, around just a bit after the Acts of Vengeance for Mark Spector. Um, oh yeah. Obviously, like when you're a when you're a um, school kid and stuff, you only have um, so much disposable income. So, uh, and I was I was just like spending big on comics, like as many titles as I could. But um, yeah, no, Mark Spector, I thought was was really good. It got a bit weird towards the end there, Rick. And and if I can, just, oh yeah, if I can just uh, lay a little disclaimer because Connor and I we did do an Infinity War special episode a while ago, and we did kind of lay into a bit of the. Uh, A bit of the Infinity Crusade issues in Mark Spector, Moon Knight, Um, and you you look—you know—totally opinions are, are, you know, uh, are all are all well respected. Um, You're a big fan of Stephen Platt as well.
1: Yes, I am actually. actually, He's—I think he's a really good artist. Yeah, and sorry, Connor, I love you, but you're wrong.
0: (laughs) Well, I I thought he was. uh, yeah, I, I thought he was hit and miss myself uh, as well. Uh, he does definitely come from that '90s mold. Um, if obviously, if you if you ask me to pick Platt or say McFarlane, I, I would pick McFarlane. Um, oh, of course. Cool. Yeah, it's it just um, I don't know. Again, it, it's similar to you. There's a um, there's an allegiance that happens when when you grow up, like um, who you do have fond memories with, and and yeah, McFarlane was what actually he had one of the first um, comics that I. I collected. It was an amazing Spider Man. Had on the front cover. This will test you, Rick. It had uh, Spider Man. Okay. Had Spider Man, and it had um, it had uh, Rhino and Scorpio looking at each other, and it had yeah. a guy at the back. I think his name. I can't remember what his name was. He was in purple. He had green flowing hair. Um, oh, I know who it is. Yeah, I
1: think I know
0: who it is. is it? You? Uh, yeah, and it was just Spider Man in between the Rhino and Scorpion. And uh, I remember reading that issue, and I remember being blown away by Todd McFarlane's art. Like, you know, if you if you look at his art compared to, like, you know, there are a lot of great artists out there doing Marvel, but say the more the the medium range artist, Todd McFarlane was like head above shoulders, I thought. And, yeah, he was
1: top tier.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, and and obviously you saw that with him him commanding, or, or um, you know, the books that he could draw on, and and. Uh, Taking that new Spider-Man title Which was the adjective-less Spider-Man title Um, that was in the 90s As well Um, but yeah, uh, that was quite A dark turn, I don't know if you remember that one As well, Rick, but the first arc Had him up against the Lizard, and it was uh, very dark, it was, it was kind of, I think A precursor to a lot of his Spawn Stuff, he was really trying to Give a, a grim and dark Tone to Spider-Man Which he later was able to do with Spawn But, um, I reckon that had a lot to do with perhaps Tim Burton's Dark Knight. Uh, oh, sorry, Batman movies. Um, yes, yeah. So that there was, was a heavy influence over there. But um, okay, okay. So all right. So we have got a young Rick, a young uh, a young Rick coming up. Um, and I do know that you branch out also as well. We spoke of obviously your collection of, of figures. Um, but how about, um, uh, was it manga? Can I say that? Or, or, or monsters? It's manga. Manga. Is oh it... yeah, yeah, Godzilla, Godzilla. Yeah. Is that, look, I'm totally ignorant. That, that's another, another set, isn't it? It's away from manga. That's something totally different, right? Yes, like... it's totally different. Okay. Okay. So, but, so yeah, but so you're a big fan of like monster, um, like Godzilla, King Kong. Do you like King Kong?
1: Oh, I love King Kong, man. Okay. I love all kaiju. That's the genre,
0: the kaiju genre. Okay, kaiju. Okay, right. And, and obviously Pacific Rim, that kind of yes. covers all, all that sort of stuff. Are you into the tech side of it? You know, like the, um, I guess it would be the, um, what do they call them? Um, mecca. The Mecca, yeah, yeah. Are you into that?
1: Oh, yeah, I love that stuff, man. Like, right. I could watch, like, a serious show. I'll fall in love with it. Yeah. But no matter what, I'll just put on a single episode of, like, Gundam wing just seeing like all these giant robots being the shit
0: out of each other. So it's a No, no worries. It don't just wor- makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> cool We don't bleep anything out of you, don't worry. It's uh, you know, if you're if you're following Moon Knight, I'm sure you can handle a bit of a bit of a harsh language. Um so <laughs> uh yeah, cool. That's great. I think Connor, um Connor is into into that as well. I, I think. Yes, uh, he has a good taste as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. And what would you say um well, okay, Pacific Rim rim's more mainstream, right? But um yeah. you, you rated uh two thousand twelve's Godzilla as, as pretty good? Uh, so it's twenty fourteen actually. Twenty fourteen, okay. I, I I was just trying to pluck things out of the out of the night sky here, Rick. It's <laughs> all good, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I ain't I you. <laughs> That's all right. Uh yeah, cool. Um yeah, fantastic. So you like the uh, the kaiju stuff. Um Are you into horror? I thought you were into horror. horror. Yeah? Oh, I love horror. There we go. Ah, oh, I've hit another one, another home run. Another uh, another Rick Ball special. Cool. And and so what are you what are your favorite um is that how you like Moon Knight then? Was it that supernatural and, element with the werewolf?
1: Oh yes, that as well. But mm-hmm. I love I, I love anything horror related, to be honest. Yeah. I have a ton of like horror figures, horror masks
0: everywhere.
2: Oh right, okay.
0: Cool. And you
1: just see my horror movie collection, man. One day I'll show you the collection.
0: Well, I was, yeah, I was about to say, like, um, do you collect like movies and stuff the same way you collect comics? Do you collect all the... Yes. All the uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And so wh- how, much, how much are we talking about here? Do you know? Have you, have you done an audit? Last time I counted, like 250 horror movies. Ooh, really? A horror movies alone, let alone the kaiju yeah. ones. Oh, nice one. Yeah, man. I have a big DVD collection. I was about to say you must have a big man cave as well. Like you, you are. Um, oh, sorry. Oops. No. Let's let's uh, let's dispel that illusion. You are you are currently with me now at Grant Mansion. Of course, of course, you're at yeah. Grant Mansion. Not you're not in your man cave at all. Um, no. But if you were, your, your man cave would be quite big, wouldn't it? I'd imagine
1: it's actually surprisingly small. But then again, I've been I've been like putting stuff together from fantastic furniture and stuff. Yeah. So there's not that much room at the moment for now. Oh, uh,
0: okay, okay. Only, only temporarily. But um, but yeah. you have everything on display, right? Uh, or or some stuff would have to be stored away.
1: Uh, actually, most of it's all displayed. I just need a few more movie posters and, yeah, that's about it.
0: Fantastic. Well, I, I hope um, that there are a lot of Moon Knight uh, visuals in that in the man oh, cave. I, yeah.
1: Yes, you know the one I have. I'm just waiting for it to get uh, stretched out for the canvas.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, of course, of course. Um, also, as well, might I just say, and and loonies, any loonies who are interested in a lot of the things that we're talking about about Rick's um, collections and interests, Rick, I'm going to have to. Um, I'll grab a, a list of you, and I'll put it in the show notes for anyone who's interested. Yeah, sure. So um, maybe um, I think you mentioned there was a, a there was a, a manga series or, or a mech, um series. Uh, that you mentioned just a while ago, we'll put all that in, as well as um, you know the stuff from Wildstorm, um, anything oh. from, from Rob Liefeld. Uh Yeah, just give, <laughs> just give the loonies a smattering of of what uh, what Rick is into. Our fellow, well, thing, I
1: might throw in, I might throw in some good stuff as well. <laughs>
0: don't 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 sell yourself short. You, you'll throw some good stuff as well. I'm I know, f- I know,
1: man. <laughs> Gundam Wing is technically the most normal thing to say. I want to throw in like, uh, some really
0: obscure stuff. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. What was that one that you just said then? It just passed me. Gun, what? Gun, uh, gu- gunslinger? What did you say? Uh, Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing. Okay, cool. So this is all very new to me, so... Uh, okay, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll teach you. I'll teach you, my friend. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, okay, fantastic. Um, yeah, great. Well, um, I'm just wondering um, if I... So what, Movie, TV shows, Rick, TV shows. Um, oh. Give me your thoughts. Throw, throw me your thoughts now at the, a, the current state of TV shows. I think. Look, let, let's let's limit it to say comic book related ones, um, or, or you okay. know, or, or of that ilk, uh, or that, um, and uh, possibly the ones of yesteryear of the past. So, are you watching many current shows now? And if so, which ones? I haven't watched anything in a while. I oh.
1: think the last, the last show I've watched, it's not comic-related. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Hmm. Because uh, I used to watch a ton of uh, Arrow and The Flash and stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. I so, just... yeah? Oh, no, no, no. You go. You go. I'm going say, so they were, if you watch a ton of them, so they were quite compelling, yeah?
1: Uh, I'd say first two seasons of Flash
0: mm-hmm. and the first two seasons of Arrow. Okay. Okay. Uh, but how about like The League of Tomorrow, Supergirl, stuff like that? Black Lightning, any of that?
1: Uh, I like Black Lightning,
0: yep. but I have never finished it Okay, right Okay, so it sounds like, it's funny, I always just assume Because I, I know that you were quite an avid uh, moviegoer uh, And I, I thought that maybe uh, you were quite an avid TV, TV thing But obviously they don't necessarily go hand in hand, I guess um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, actually, and no spoilers um, for anyone, I, I understand that you watched Deadpool 2 as well. Oh,
1: yes. I saw that the other day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Facebook. Um, I think you posted something up. Uh, look, no spoilers, and let's keep it up to a minimum. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it?
1: I thought it was good. It was not as great as the first one, okay. but overall, it was a good movie.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. Hoping to uh, hoping to catch up with that. Um, and how about the Netflix shows then? If we're looking at Marvel side of things, uh, and Agents yeah. of Shield say as well. Have you been catching any of that? I haven't watched Agents of Shield since Ghost Rider appeared. Oh, okay. That's not that long ago. That's uh, that was just last yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, although they do have a lot of episodes in between them. There's like twenty odd, yeah. isn't there? A year. Um, okay. Okay, and uh, the Netflix shows—are you a, a fan at all? Or I love the Netflix shows, man. They blow everything out of the water. Ah, okay. Ah, there we go. So I've hit a, I've struck gold again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. Uh. And so what we have got is uh, Luke Cage coming up in June, season two. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, just to see where it goes. I mean, I'm always interested in second seasons because. Um, all the all the platform has been laid already, in my eyes, like with yeah. season one. So there's a bit more freedom. The foundation. That's exactly exactly. Um, so there's a bit more freedom with what they can do, uh, and I think you saw that a bit with the, with Daredevil as well, uh, which is cool. And they've actually wrapped up their season three. Um, Film. Oh yeah, yeah. That's very quick. It's like wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you yeah. see the news by the way? Um, is that uh, no? Tell me. Uh,
1: that bullseye got casted.
0: Yes, yes. oh Yeah, and I think I recognise the guy only because my partner, Eve, watches Heart of Dixie, I think. It's oh, a, it's a, oh, it's I'm not going to lie. That was one of my guilty pleasures. When oh, I was that. it? Well, that's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. a guy from there, I think. Is, am I right? I mean, you... I have, think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the main squeeze of the main lead. I think that's him. But... um. Anyway, Loonies, I'll uh, maybe put that on the show show notes, I'm not sure. But you're right, you're right. Bullseye got cast. Um, dare I tell you any more? Do you want to know any more or any less? I, I know a little bit more. Maybe... Uh, surprising, then. Sorry? Surprising. Uh, it, it's not really a spoiler. Okay, well, spoilers just in case, Looney, so just turn the podcast off for the next, I don't know, 30 seconds. Okay, go. All right. So <laughs> uh, apparently he's not going to get a costume, though. That's a... Oh, bear that ball? No, Bullseye. Oh. Yeah, they're going to... Um, he's got a slightly, yeah. slightly different history, um, I think, to what Lester, uh, the Lester we know in the comics. Uh, but he won't have a costume. Or maybe they're just playing silly buggers, and maybe it will be revealed towards hey. the end. Yeah, Or
1: but, it could be like... Or it could be like the Marvel Max version. He never had a costume either.
0: Could be, yeah. So yeah, and and if he gets branded, he gets still gets branded on the head, doesn't he? In the in the yeah. yeah. So well, maybe actually that's a good point. Maybe if there's no costume, maybe he gets branded at the end. I don't know, but um, oh, probably. Yeah, but he is a. Apparently, he's really scary. So I cannot wait. There's nothing better. You want than, some trivia right now? Yeah, sure.
1: Did you know originally jack Jason Statham was cast as a... As yes, Warband? yes,
0: I... But I heard he refused the role. I heard
1: yeah, he... He, yeah. he at first was he was interested in it. Yeah. Then he asked for money. Oh. Yeah, then it's like, yeah, no thanks.
0: But he's... I mean, he's got a bit of sway. I reckon he would... you he would have be, done it well. He would have done it great. He would have done great, yeah, but I think he would have been entitled to a bit more money. But I guess you know, Marvel slash Netflix—they can only do so much. So, yeah. yeah, and and the thing is that you know, and they've set a precedent as well. Marvel, you know, if you're not pulling your weight or doing whatever, they can easily recast you. Look at um. Is it Terrence Howard and Don Cheadle? Um, you know, look at Ed Norton and Mark Ruffalo; uh, they've got no no qualms, you know, no problems recasting. So, uh, as an actor, I think they'll be pretty um, a pretty tough line or a, a pretty fine line to to uh, make a deal with, because <laughs> um, they yeah certainly have some sway. Um, yeah, right. Okay, Rick. Well, I think um, just to I'm just mindful of the time as well for you. Um, what I reckon we do is how about we jump in the cab with Jake, uh, and he can take us to a Jenna's diner. And might I just say that? Um, thank you to Tommy, the man on the streets, um, for pointing it out. Yes, truly, uh, Doug Mensch did say that it is Jenna, not Gina's diner. I would always pronounce it Gina. Did you Did you pronounce it Gina or Jenna? Oh,
1: Gina! Unfortunately,
0: yeah, I did. I think I think ninety percent of people did. But there's an interview, um, and I'll I'll shout out again uh, the Epic Marvel podcast um, by one of our loonies, uh, Kurt Finlay, who's a um, a friend of the show as well. Uh, they have an interview with Doug. I always get his name wrong. Doug Monch. Doug Mench. And he actually mentioned. How do you say it? I always used to say Doug Monic. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I think there are about twenty different ways to pronounce it, Um, but yeah. um, Anyway, he was on the show and he was talking about his characters, and he he mentioned Jenna's Diner. So you know, from the mouth of the creator, we've got to. I guess we've got to stick with that. So um, yeah. So are you? um, Are you? Have you got your books, Rick? Are you ready to go to Jenna's Diner? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's go. Outside, we'll just walk down the hall here. Okay, and uh, in we get. Let's go. Alright.
1: Hey there everyone, I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet.
0: All right, loonies. We are here at Jenna's diner. It's uh, a little busy here, Rick. Um, that's fine. We found a spot. Uh, I found a booth here. And uh, oh, look, there's uh, there's Crawley. Hello, Crawley. How are you? And uh, oh, <laughs> hi mate. <laughs> yeah, he's always up for a yarn. Um, but you know, once he starts, he never stops. So, um, yeah, let's not let's not hang around him. Um, oh, here comes Jenna. Okay. Um, hi, Jenna. How are you? Uh, Rick, what are you up for? You want a cup of coffee? You want a slice of pie? Oh, I want a cup of coffee and a chili dog, please. Oh, perfect. And I will have uh, yep a cup of coffee and uh, get me one of them slices of pecan pie there. Thanks, Jenna. Cool. All right. Well, while we uh, while we wait for our feed, Rick, I think we better get into your Isla Ra comics. So. Loonies. Um, as mentioned before, we have um, our friend Rick on the show The Rick Ball Special And uh, I asked Rick to actually throw at me four of his um, favourite titles I guess, or, or the most uh, impactful titles that he's, he's encountered In his long tenure as a, as a comic book reader um, And Rick, I'm going to pull out my, um, my copies as well um, so we got a few, we got two honourable mentions, right? So, I hope this is correct, Rick, um, the, um, yeah. the, the ones we've done. So the first one, uh, Rick has cited as one of his faves is, uh, Ghost Rider, Wolverine and Punisher, Hearts of Darkness. Um, and this was a cracker of a read, Rick, I must say, um, before we get into a you know a summation of, of the of the book, why did you pick this one? I don't know. Maybe because when I
1: was younger, I loved crossovers, and seeing this one with like three of the biggest characters at the time blew me away.
0: Mm. Oh, they certainly were the uh, the the big the big three three during the nineties. Uh, let me just pull up uh, uh, just some dates here. So nine just released December nineteen ninety one, um, and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, written by Howard Mackey. Artist John Romita Jr. with Incas by Klaus Janssen. So we've got some great talent here already. Um, colorist John Wellington with editors Bobby Chase and Christian Cooper. Um, so this stuck out for you, Rick, because of, I guess, Ghost Rider, Wolverine and The Punisher. Um, did you have any preference of, um, of those th- between the three? Oh,
1: yeah. I loved Ghost Rider growing up.
0: Ah, perfect. Are you a Danny Ketch man? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. Me me too, I must say. I uh, I got introduced to Ghost Rider through Danny Ketch as well, that um that great series. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um and oh Rick, I'll, I'll let you um do you want to go through just roughly what the story is about then?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right,
1: give me one second because I got my physical copy out here.
0: Ah, lovely. Yeah.
1: I had this one since I was young.
0: Right is it a Gotta trade it. paper or is it a hardcover or... Uh it's I think it's just like a
1: like a soft cover.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, so uh
1: pretty much it starts off, you know, like a bunch of Satanists with like a, a poor girl like I always do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's then, quite... I don't know. Oh sorry, go on.
0: No, I was just about to say it's quite grisly, but yeah. And
1: then out of nowhere, you got this great image of blackout that's coming out of the ground. Mm. And it's so iconic, they use it in countless video games. It's great. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's another thing I didn't ask you about video games. Are you are you an avid player? Uh,
1: yes, I am, actually. Yeah, I would okay. say
0: so. And what, what, uh, what are you, a, a PS4 man or an X, Xbox One man?
1: I'm actually, I love all of them. I have all of them.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Excellent. Just yeah, why not? Eliminate the uh, eliminate the choice. <laughs> That's great. Um, eliminate and the what, rivalry. Yeah, exactly, eliminate the rivalry. And what's the um what's the, the game of choice at the moment?
1: Uh, I haven't played in a
0: while.
1: Okay. But if I was the last game I've played it would be South Park. South Park? Yeah.
0: Oh wow, I didn't even know they had a game.
1: Yeah, Ooh. they this game is a role playing game? Okay. And the theme is superhero.
0: Ah,
2: mad.
1: So there's like a ton of Marvel DC references.
0: Oh, great. So you get both of them in the one hit. That's good. Yes.
1: We yeah. want you to just make your own costume. And my character looks like Moon Knight. I try to make it look like Moon Knight as possible.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome. Is there any way that... Ah, oh, it's probably... Maybe if you have some time, if could you could you snap a snap a shot, chuck it onto the, the um, Facebook group? That would be cool. Of oh, course. Cool. Uh, that'd be awesome. Sorry, anyway, I um I sidetracked you here. Uh, so you're saying Blackheart he comes out and uh... yeah and, uh, he
1: comes out he comes out he pretty much decimates all the poor Satanists. let's <laughs> be real, they sort of deserved it. Yeah. And uh, he's he's pretty much complaining about how his dad just ruins him. Mhm. And in the next page, you know, it's a Danny Ketcher am into town.
0: Yeah, he's looking pretty cool in his uh, on his motorbike. Um, yeah, and uh, and so basically, this so this is where he um, basically meets up with, with Wolverine and the Punisher, which I think is hilarious. In this, um, it looks like a, what is it? It's a Airbnb or something. Um, yes. But can you imagine those three happen to to get the same Airbnb? It's um, and oh, yes. the, the funniest thing was them at the table. Like, if these guys do not look dodgy, I don't know who. Oh man, the
1: Punisher one kills me all the time. Oh, with the, with a fake moustache, the little moustache man that kills
0: <laughs> me. I know it's almost uh, it's almost disappeared amongst the the folds of muscle and stubble and friggin' just toughness, isn't it? It's a you it's can hilarious. imagine like
1: a huge guy that yeah. looks like Frank Castle, but he's got like a the smallest moustache. It's, like <laughs> it's like the whole It's like whole Clark Kent with glasses.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a little attention to detail that um, that kind of. <laughs> Get things happening, but um, but in essence, so in this in this book, they um, they basically they, they team up, um, and so what's the crux of it? So uh, oh yeah, so Blackheart actually appears to all of them, um, and uh, what's he want to do? Just take over the human race? I think he just wants to take over the town and takes over the town. yeah, have yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, he's picked the three, the three toughest hombres out there. So, oh, good. Um, and I love the um, I love the Wolverine classic. I'm uh, not classic costume. It's a your 90s classic costume. I love that brown oh, and the yellow. the brown and orange. Yeah, they should they should bring more of that back. Like that's how I remember him as well. Um, Same. Yeah, but um, so yeah, I mean, so uh, in general, then I guess uh, so. Black Heart is is trying to. Um, Trying to take over the town, uh, he takes over Mo- uh, not Moon Knight, he takes over Ghost Rider's bike at one stage as well. I always always found that funny. Like of <laughs> all the things he takes, he takes the bike. Oh, the bike's pretty powerful though, isn't it?
1: Oh, it is powerful, man. I just yeah. always found it hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he broke the break the lock, you know, broke the club lock, and, and off he goes. He's um, a little.
1: He's a little. Screwdriver and everything. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah.
0: that? He jimmied, He uh, what? He jimmyed the. Uh, oh, what have you it? The lock and that? everything. The lock. Yeah. Uh, I want the
1: recorders cut of book now, just for that scene.
0: <laughs> uh, but we. It's not long before we get um, Danny Ketch actually stealing a bike, and um, and it, so it must seem like he needs a bike in order to turn into Ghost Rider. Is that is that yeah. correct? He. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, because I remember in Danny Ketch he had that little button on the bike that he needed to, to, to hit and it turned into he turned into Ghost Rider. But his bike got stolen here by Blackheart. So he's got just a normal bike here. But I, I guess the act of sitting on the bike sets him off. Yeah, I think so, uh, because
1: all the times he put his hand
0: on it, there's a mark into his hands. Ah, right. Okay, of course. And that's what he's looking at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, so he once he's on the scene, and let's face it, Ghost Rider has got to be one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. I do remember reading Doctor Strange had said that as well. So if that's coming from Doctor Strange, you know that Ghost Rider is the real deal. Um, He's
1: able to take on the Hulk single-handedly.
0: Oh, he can... There was a, a comic that we... Um, a Mark Specter comic that we we reviewed where Plasma, this two-bit character, she evaporated him. And, and uh, moments later he came back. So I love come, that issue, man. Yeah, if you can come back from being evaporated or, 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 you know, just annihilated, then you can't be stopped, can you? So, oh, um... I
1: want to move out of topic. There yep. was an episode of The Fantastic Four, like the kids' show in the 90s. Yeah. It was a great episode, man. Like, uh, Galactus came to Earth. Thor, oh. I right. think some of the Avengers came to try and stop them. But I guess you saved the day. Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Danny Ketch comes in. Wow on Galactus, make them see the souls of every single person he's eaten. Oh jeez, that's a lot. <laughs> and Galactus just loses, man. He just he just caves in and can't couldn't even handle it anymore.
0: Wow. It is And that blew massive. me away. Yeah, he's massively powerful. Well depending on the rider I guess, but he is massively powerful. Like you have um you have Frank Castle um fobbing off Ghost Rider, you know, saying your stare doesn't work on me. Um, we actually oh, yeah. um, a little shout out to Inner a Demons a Ghost Rider podcast. Those guys there have been reviewing a lot of cool Ghost Rider um, issues, and I think they um, reviewed recently Punisher War Journal in the '90s, Rick. And it was oh. I think I think it was issues twenty eight, twenty nine, or twenty nine, thirty, but it it uh, involved Ghost Rider on yeah. there. Uh, but in those issues, the Punisher just said, you know, Psh, don't don't worry about using that stare on me. <laughs> it won't work so. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so different uh, horses for courses, I guess. Um, but as as we just go through this uh, this story here, um, so the Punisher and Frank get caught in in what seemed to be some thorn bushes, um, and there's a bit of a there's a bit of a fight here. Um, they, they end up on the hill where the satanists were. Is that correct? I'm assuming that's yes. where they were. Yeah. Um, and there's a big fight that happens. Um, Ghost Rider, basically. Ah, uh, yeah, Ghost R- Well, a bit of Ghost Rider, a bit of the Punisher. Just, um. Decimate Blackheart. And, yes. Uh, and off he goes. And then we get Big Bad Mephisto. With his, um. Jeez. My
1: favorite design of Mephisto, actually. You're sorry? It's my favorite depiction of Mephisto?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me you don't see it enough. It's, um. It's a very non human looking Mephisto, which is. And massive. Um, I, I can see how this leans towards your your monster leanings here, Rick. So yeah. <laughs> also, it just reminds me of a lot of like eighties horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, yeah, he's. I uh, uh, <laughs> don't want to mention it there, but he's there with. Um, he's got a long tongue. He's got a big mane. He's got some man boobs. Let's face it. Oh, those those man boobs though. But his nipples. Have you seen his
1: nipples. I'm Just... looking at them now. They're huge. They got I hair don't...
0: on it. Oh, yeah, I, I cannot look away. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Mephisto makes a, an entrance, um, and he basically says, "Yeah, my son's been a bit of a been a bit of a dick, Blackheart." He's talking about. Thanks for that. And he kind of eats him, and um, and that's it. Takes him away.
1: And, and he threatens uh,
0: Ghost Rider. And he threatens Ghost Rider as well. That's a, that's a really cool panel there of Ghost Rider. Um, man, I'm going to have to make a note here because I want to post this up. I might post that up. Ghost Rider image of him just with a blast of light and, you know, yep. his flame head kind of goes like it's being shone down as well. Really cool. Um, but, okay, so that was... Um, I didn't want to dwell... Sorry, Rick, I didn't want to dwell too much on this one. This is a, an honourable mention. So um, so this was uh, yeah Ghost Rider, 1991. Uh, guest writer Wolverine Punisher was this a um, OGN? Is this like a just straight-to-graphic novel? Yes Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure Yeah, because I, I couldn't see where the breaks would have been if it was um, if it was like issues, but yeah um, So that was your first honourable mention, Rick, um, and you mentioned that you love that because uh, three cool, basically three cool leads um, are you a fan... and John
1: sorry. Yes, that's that. it, sorry And yeah. also John Romita's art yeah. Blew me away in that
0: series. Yeah, he's another one of those that I guess if you're like relatively new or you're starting out because this is what, you found this, you, you got this when You were young, right? Um, yeah. John Romita uh, Jr.'s art is one of those. Uh, he's one of those artists that that does make a profound effect, I think, on on young followers when they first see it because it's very distinct. I mean, it's similar to all the other memorable um, artists. Um, I remember I loved uh, Dale McCann as well from the Incredible Hulk. Um, oh yeah, he's, uh, he's fantastic. I don't know what he's doing now. I hope he's doing more work. Um, I think he's I think he's just doing covers. Okay. I think last yeah. time I heard because he had a seminal run he, uh, during that Peter David run when the Hulk becomes that uh, conglomeration, the, the smart Hulk basically. That was during his run, and it was fantastic.
1: Honestly, to be honest, i only read a few issues of the Peter David one, but I've oh. never gotten the chance to read
0: it. Okay, well, all right, um, you're gonna have to put that on your bucket list, Rick. It's really uh, good, and if you love the nineties, like bucket list is huge. Yeah, yeah. it's more like a barrel list. Um, oh, yeah, it's a but, cauldron list. The cauldron. <laughs> but um, you know, if you if you like nineties stuff, uh, right up right up your alley. It would be really. I can highly recommend it. Um, all right. I want to go to your next honourable mention, Rick, which is another is actually a doozy. I've never read this before. I I read it over a, a couple of days because. Um, are we talking about the, the the novel which had part two in there as well, or were you talking about just the first story? I was just talking about the
1: first uh, Ghost Rider: Wolverine Punisher.
0: Okay. Kind of oh no no sorry. The, the next one I'm talking about, which is uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, just part you... one but okay okay cool I read the whole uh, I read the whole thing the part one and two but um, give us a a, ooh, a quick rundown um, oh look let me just spout this out this is Batman Gotham by Gaslight another honorable mention by Rick released February 1989 which is a lot earlier than I thought actually um, writer Brian Augustin uh, artist the brilliant Mike Mignola, uh Inker P Craig Russell. Uh, colorist David Horning, uh, letterer John Workman, and editor Mark Wade. Um, so, yeah, Rick, um, how would you give us a rundown of the story here, and, and why did you like it as well?
1: I think it's just short and simple. It's just mm-hmm. what if Goth, what if Batman was just was just created during the eighteen hundreds,
2: mm-hmm. during a mm-hmm.
1: time when Jack the Ripper was around.
0: Yeah. And, and it's 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 brilliant. Yeah, it is, it is. It's very cool. Um and we see a lot more of it now with um obviously from Marvel the big 1602 from Neil Gaiman um uh, which was uh, I think um which was kind of groundbreaking as well but if you look at this this is pretty much doing the same thing. And I think this one predates Neil Gaiman's. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, do you know I don't know, actually. Uh, let me have a quick look. I'm going to type it up um, because I have a, a laptop here at Jenna's Diner, obviously. Um, Lucky. <laughs> yes, because we are here. And uh, um, Oh, hi. Yeah, hi, Jenna. Uh, thank you. Just, uh, just put um, the coffees down there. There, Rick, there's your chilli dog. Finally. <laughs> oh, this pecan pie looks delicious. Thank you so much, Jenna. Um, yeah, just put it on the tab. Thank you. Okay, let me um, let me have a little quick look at this. Uh, so what are we looking at? Neil Gaiman, 1602. So Gotham by Gaslight was 1989. Uh, yeah, 1602 came out in 2003. So that was way after. Um, so this predates it. And uh, and it is a pretty good... Um, what did you think of Mike Mignola's art on this?
1: As someone who... When I first found this book, it would have been mm-hmm. like a garage sale picked okay. it up. I'm like, that is a really striking cover. It is, isn't then it? I, then I started reading. And I still love the artwork. Yeah, like the everything art- about it—the way it's drawn, how it's dark and moody.
0: Yeah, it's got it's got enough style in it, doesn't it? Because um, look, I, I can only speak for myself, but in the '90s, um, with with the greats like uh, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, and. Uh, you know, and, and that ilk, Todd McFarlane there was a lot of detail in the art which really kind of, I think really attracted me as a young follower of the, the comics Mike Mignola, there's, it's very stylized. there's not so much, you know, he picks the lines that he needs to draw and it's very much well, I find um, closely related to the colouring and his use of shadows, dark and light so if you see a lot of his images um, he uses a lot of blacks you know a lot of contrasts, and in that different way, it kind of beca- It really pops out, and that's how I, I think, anyway. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but the colouring here as well. If you just look um, through here, it's it's kind of muted, which is really good because it's in that Victorian era. Um, so a lot of it's um, yeah, a lot of it's not like vibrant colours. Um, everything's kind of muted. But yeah, this was a this was a good pick, uh, Rick. I, I um I'd never read it before, and I love the idea how how Batman was intrinsically linked to Jack the Ripper, basically. Yes. Hmm. So in this, he basically finds out that uh, his parents' friend, uh, Packer, I think was his name, um, was actually Jack the Ripper doing all the murders and. He wanted to... He hired the people to kill Batman's parents as well. Because he
1: was obsessed with Martha.
0: That's right, yes. Because he was... And, and uh, that's it, yeah. And she, she laughed at him when he made advances towards her. And that kind of set him off on his psychopathic um, rage to kill, uh, I guess, all these prostitutes around around Gotham. Uh, obviously, you know, he's set in... Gotham. He comes out. He comes across from England, so it's meant to be kind of like the Jack, Jack the Ripper. But obviously, there's slight differences as well, um, being a comic book. But yeah, very, very cool. Um, any, anything else here, Rick, that you'd like to mention about this issue, which really stood out for you?
1: Okay, this one's actually really cool. If you read it a few times, you'll notice it. Mm-hmm. When he's Bruce Wayne, it's all white panels okay. and pages. Okay. But when he, when it's all the Batman stuff. It's all black pages. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's black pages, sometimes it's white with black. My favourite, when he's injured in prison, is all grey.
0: Yes, uh, let me just put... When he's in his striped uh, convict stuff. Yeah, it's a mixture of black and grey. Right. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, really, I love those little touches because it just, it just goes to show that there's a lot of thought into it. Yes, which
1: is. Also, uh, I just love the way how it's sometimes it's like during the book it's all muted and stuff. The reds always seem to pop out.
0: Mm, well, very important color for um, to really make it stand out, really make it um, like a strong impact, I guess, on the reader. Um, there's yeah. one. Uh, there's one panel. I'm just going to look here. Uh, well, I've got a digital copy here. It's, it's page 39. There's one where um, where Jack the Ripper is trying to get away from Batman. And the red is used on his eyes and on the inside of his mouth, and That's it really—sorry—that's my really...
1: favourite. <laughs> was...
0: Yeah, yeah, and that really—I remember like looking at, it going, "Whoa, okay, this guy really is a little, a little sick." Um, but it really just shows the evil in him, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a good. It's a very, I think, a well-paced issue. Did you miss at all? I, I did wonder a little about um, any other of Batman's rogues' galleries going to pop up. I think there was an allusion towards um, towards the Joker. A Joker. Yeah, but that was about it. And actually, I thought, um, I thought, you know, who? Oh no, that was that was a yeah. No, I just yeah. I thought there would I thought there would have been a, a character that would have popped in, um, a, a villain. I but
1: would thought so too. But mm. at the same time, I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I think so. Because it would have yeah. taken away from the story.
0: I think in re- retrospect, yeah, absolutely, you're right. Because um, they and...
1: did, they did something like
0: that in the animated movie. Oh, okay.
1: Yep. It's not good. It's not good.
0: Oh, it's... so they made they made an animated movie of this.
1: Yeah, but it's really bad. Ah. Because they they put in like the that ages depictions of characters. Yeah. They were made by Poison Ivy, a prostitute, which was, like, really questionable.
0: Ah. Yeah. Yeah, It was was a great...
1: I I watched, like, 15 minutes of it, and I couldn't take it because it was that bad.
0: Oh. Oh, okay. Um, is that that available on iTunes or Amazon or something like that?
1: Pretty sure it's available on
0: iTunes. Okay. Cool. Oh, excellent. Um... Okay, well maybe maybe you want to miss unless you're curious, Loonies to have a look at how the um the comic book adaptation on screen compares to the comic book itself. Um another thing I really did like Batman's uh costume in this as well. Um, oh, it's great. Yeah, tying in with the old old school obviously um eighteenth century whatever it is. He's got uh he's also got a collar on top, which uh it kind of makes sense, you know, as a cloak. Like his cape is almost a cloak. And uh, his mask is very old school, so you see, obviously, you see the eye and the skin around the eyes, um, as opposed to the very stylized, just dark bat mask that he has. Um, yes. but, but, yeah, no, that was, that was, a, that was a very cool um, very cool issue. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, all right, well, those were your two honourable mentions, Rick. And now we are going to dive straight into... Your main issues, uh, your your two Isle Ra books. So these two uh, issues, if you happen to head out onto a boat into the Isle of Ra and meet the Sun King and have to stay on that island for a foreseeable amount of time, these two issues um, will keep you in good stead throughout your time on the island. So the first one we have... Is oh actually have you got your have you got your issues out there?
1: Oh, that's all ready.
0: Already. Um, how about you take us through? Uh, let's go through the first one and maybe can you shout out the the credits for that?
1: Oh, sure. It's Ultimate X Men issue forty-one, New Mutants mm-hmm. part two, written by David Finch. No, not David Finch. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis. art mm-hmm. uh, by David Finch and inking by Art Ibbots?
0: Yes, is it Dibbs? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And um, alrighty. So, what we're going to do, loonies, uh, as this is one of Rick's main books, uh, we are going to crack on into it. Uh, so, if we open up the first page, um, what I'll do, uh, Rick, maybe maybe we can alternate between pages. Um, so I'll, yeah, cool. uh, I'll I'll describe the first page, and then uh, we'll take it from there. So this is very different from Michael uh, Brian Michael Bendis's other stuff. I found when I read this, Um, number one, I thought this was a really cool issue, in the sense that um, it it asks big questions, you know, uh, and and we'll get to that when when we get to it. Um, But anyway, so at the beginning the uh, the the text is pretty light, so we've got a nice uh, a nice view of just a. A generic house in the in the suburb somewhere and there's a young fella in his in his bedroom with his posters and TV and video games and stuff uh, he's in bed and it looks like uh, his alarm clock goes off um, the radio comes on and uh, very simple panels here uh, then there's a, a close-up of his um, his feet uh, as he gets out of bed and then a close-up of his eyes as he as he kind of starts to wake up
1: yeah Mm-hmm. And then in the next panel, he's just going around in the kitchen like you always do, looking for food, mm-hmm. noticing, like, plates are just hanging around, taps mm-hmm. being turned on for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's just calling his mum, telling him he's going to be late for work, or not work, school.
0: Yeah. And again, the um, the text is very minimal. Like, we don't get any text until the last panel, basically. Um, and I don't know about you, uh, Rick, as well, I found this um, this art very similar to. It reminded me of Mark Silvestri. Did Did you get that? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, very. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very different from Finch's work in Moon Moonlight. Um, obviously, different characters and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it, it's still great. I, I still love it. Um, but yeah, and he's got his um, he's got his Punisher t shirt on. So a lot of uh, a lot of references there. Uh, yep, so the next page he's still waiting for his mum um, there's still a lot of silence, he he screams out mum uh, he's hungry and he's got to go, and he's starting to I think he's starting to get a little worried and then at the bottom we see an interplay of um, small like vertical panels and he sees from the corner of his eye, looks like some trousers or some pants around the corner of the um, the joinery, the bench in the kitchen, um
1: Yep, and he, once he sees it fully, it's just like jeans and a top on the floor. And he just gives this eyebrow raise like what? Mm. And he keeps on calling his mother. Yeah. Then he just writes down a, a little post-it note and just, just goes straight to school.
0: Yep. Now, at this stage, as a reader as well, because this is the first time I read it, um, I, I had a few thoughts in my head, head here, Rick. I don't know about you. I thought maybe... Something was weird, like, you know, the mum's laid this out. Like, is this some sort of message that she's, like, leaving him? You don't know. Um, Yeah. I hadn't thought of anything else other than that, other than... um, And I I was reading the the print on the shirt because I said so, so I thought maybe, is that, again, is she trying to tell him something? So it's all quite mysterious. And, again, very minimal, um, very minimal text. So as he walks out of his house... We get um, stuff like um, paper just being blown in the wind to give a sense of, I guess, uh, isolation. Uh, he looks down, he sees a dog collar or a cat collar on the pavement um, and again a shot of him just like wondering, OK, what's happening here? And he just walks by the collar, um, I guess dispelling it as maybe just being abandoned. Um, but yeah, things are looking a little different. Yes, then he goes past and sees, you know, a bunch of cars, people on
1: bikes, just people doing their normal stuff. And he has a sigh of relief saying, like, Oh, thank God. I thought there is people, thank Christ. So he starts walking away. Then next thing you know they just start burning.
0: Yeah, this was um this was really kinda of hitting home. Okay, something seriously is wrong here. Like, you know, there's not just um clothes lying on the floor and stuff. Um, we actually see that. Things are out of control here. So we, we get just smoke coming out, and what I gathered again from this, what I first thought was that it was just the cars crashing into each other that caused that smoke. But we'll find out later on that it, it isn't. It's something else. Um, and so as we go through, he actually finally makes it to school, and I got a sense of, okay, things aren't totally bad. Because I thought actually it was like a zombie apocalypse or something, Rick, at first, because there was no one, like you know, absolutely... So this page was kind of like, okay, so there are people at school. Okay, there's a school bus. And uh, things start to kind of look normal. Um, so he talks to uh, what looks to be his, his would-be girlfriend. And she just asks, you know, why you know, why haven't you called me? And he's saying, oh, I'm not allowed to have the phone after 10. She's, oh, that's pretty silly. Uh, you've got to call me. Uh, but then there's a close-up of her face. And she obviously, obviously sees something that he doesn't. Um, and again, it's silence as we turn the page.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone just starts disintegrating right in front of her eyes.
0: Mm. It's it's the first first big sign that we get that something really is out of order here. Um, yeah, and, and he is
1: freaking out. Mm. And he and he sees her burning just before he her last breath. Mm. She just looks up of all the smoke coming, her skin like drying up.
0: Yeah. Just
1: saying,
0: it's you. Yeah. And, and there's no um, mistaking now. Like, there's no way that she can come back. Like, she's really charred and burnt and, um, yeah. So this is very final for, for her and for everyone. And uh, as we go to the next page, it's a big splash here. Um, and there's an overhead shot of basically all the students with either just clothes on the, on the ground, uh, smoking, smoking, or students in the middle of, of being smoked, and he just looked horrified. He has a horrified look on his face, uh, and again, no words to describe anything. Just the pictures, pure fear. Yeah.
1: The next panel, it's pretty much. It's just a. It's just a shot of a cave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then a figure comes and just lights a little match up.
0: Yeah, it's um. Yeah, very very simple. Um, establishes that we're at, at night and uh, a shot from inside and, and someone with very familiar hair <laughs> comes in. And I wonder who like, that could be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And lights is it night, night Pressure? <laughs> it could be, be Darkhawk. I don't know.
2: Oh,
1: probably.
0: <laughs> but hang on. I've turned the page and the the, the match shows everything and it's none other, none other than Logan Wolverine who is there. Uh, and as he looks, again, very little... Uh, Text here. He looks into the darkness, and uh, someone's been, you know, camping out there. There's some some twigs, um, and some food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um And as he looks in, there's a voice from the darkness that says, "Get out, get out, just get out of here." Uh, but Logan lights that um, little fire in front of the um, in front of the hole. Yep,
1: he just caught, he just. What does he do? Oh yeah, he cracks a beer. He crackers mm-hmm. it's a cold one before the boys. Mm-hmm. And he tells, and he just, he just looks at the kid, offers him a beer. as you do? And um, yeah, and he's like, and he's like, and the kid's like, you look familiar. He's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a world famous mutant man.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, and he recognises him, doesn't he? Oh shit, you're the one of the X Men. So he's a, he's a huge hitter. We've got Wolverine, none other than Wolverine looking at this kid. Um, so as as we turn the page as well, he reveals himself as Wolverine uh, and he kind of assuages the the kid that, uh, don't worry, you're not going to hurt me, I've got a healing factor, uh, I just want to talk to you. And uh, he's been sent by Charles Xavier using what we can only imagine is Cerebro um, to find him. And... Uh, he just... um He offers him a beer, I guess, and just drinks.
1: Yeah. Then he, then the boy just asks, is he a mutant? Wolverine's like, yes. And it's all yeses from Wolverine from there. Oh, yeah, it is. And the boy just starts... He starts breaking down right in front of
0: him. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cold, isn't it? Because he... The boy's trying to find out what's happening. And the first thing he asks... Obviously, am I a mutant? Okay, but then he starts asking the really, really deep questions. Like, was it me? Like, then did I kill my parents? Yeah, and it, Wolverine just uh, yep, yep. And I killed them because I'm a mutant. Yep. Um, all the people died because I'm a mutant, and Wolverine just yep. <laughs> Very. It's uh, obviously for a guy that has seen a lot of death. Um, this doesn't. face And it has him
1: caused much. a lot of
0: death as well. Cause, yeah, exactly. So death to him is something totally different. To someone that has just found out that they caused the death, not only of people but of his parents, which is a big thing, and so he um, he cries away, and um, and then after he kind of composes himself, uh, he asks Wolverine how many did he kill, Uh, and Wolverine at first doesn't want to tell him, but uh, as he prods, he goes somewhere between you know around two hundred and sixty five, maybe maybe more. And that just floors the guy. He is absolutely shocked at how many people he's killed.
1: Yeah. Then Wolverine tells him that his powers activated once he hit puberty last night. Pretty much his abilities is... uh, His mutation radiates a series of toxins and acid-like poisons. And everything around him in a thousand radius. That kills organic tissues.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty sucky... it's a pesky yeah, power to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the kid starts breaking down more. Like, that's all I do. All I do is kill. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> Wolverine has legit nothing to say whatsoever. He doesn't.
0: Uh, he has exactly He's the same. Yeah. Let's be real.
1: He's faced like Sabertooth. He's faced like all these fearsome villains. But
0: oh yeah, Sentinels. But when you
1: oh yeah. Sentinels, of course. Yeah, mobsters. But when he comes to like a poor kid, just like breaking down right in front of you, even like yeah. the toughest person has nothing yeah. to say.
0: Yeah, he just he just is uh, comfortable just sipping his beer. He just doesn't want to doesn't want to say much. Um, so the kid is very obviously very upset, and he says, "I can't live with myself with this." And uh, Wolverine just says, "I know," and he looks at the kid. And the kid looks back at him with tears down his eyes, and Wolverine just continues to drink his beer, um, and then he starts to reflect on how his life could have been so much different. You know, he could have enjoyed yeah. a lot more. So he starts talking to Wolverine about all that.
1: Yeah, he tells him like how he wanted to do a national stock race. He wanted to go cross country next summer. Mm-hmm. He was looking at colleges. And he's, him and his girlfriend never do the thing. Even Wolverine's like, I'm sorry, man.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and he just starts crying again. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah, so. Sorry? Even, even he's like,
1: but all those people, my mother, and Wolverine's like, yeah. They're just gonna cover it up, say, like, some kind of chemical leak. That's what Mm -hmm. they always say.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he's all yeah, because he's saying, look, if it if it um ever comes to it, and if they knew that a mutant did this, then the ramifications of, would be of, huge. Yeah, mutants worldwide would be massive. So, um, yeah. So we get oh, I get the uh, I get the good the good page. <laughs> so then yeah, he's crying. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, again a, a little less texty, and Wolverine just continues to drink another beer. Um. And so the kid says, you know, so if he had one chromosome to the left or something like that, one thing slightly different, he could have been something different. He, he could have been either human or he could have been another mutant with a, another, a better power than just a power that kills and vaporises. And uh, Wolverine says, yeah, maybe. And the kid kind of breaks down. Wolverine tells him, just finish your beer. And the kid says, in the shadows, just do it. Yeah. And
1: at the end you just see the cave gets closer. Each panel goes closer to the cave. At the final panel it's just wolverine getting out of the cave, looking really sad.
0: Yeah. Jeez, it's uh and that's the end of the issue. Um and jeez Rick, you, you picked a, you picked a big one there. <laughs> quite quite a big yeah. one. Um see, obvious yeah, sorry.
1: See when people think of vendors, they think of like the really bad vendors.
0: Yeah.
1: But when I when I picked Reason why I picked that one—that's like the best Bendis. That's that the Bendis good. everybody loves. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's not—it's not Bendis um, playing around with too much um, creative license and changing characters, um you know, history and stuff. He, what he's done and what is very good Bendis here, as you say, is that it's very much um, the interaction between just two people, and uh, and it's a big, it's a big. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a big issue, right? Really, what I love about it the most
1: Yeah. It's like very realistic how it would happen.
0: Mm. Yeah. And and so how in this ultimate X Men, because um, I this yeah. is the only issue that I've read of, of the whole run. <laughs> um okay. so, yeah, so what what is the premise here? How is how is Wolverine different or how are the X Men different from the main universe?
1: Ooh. Um, I haven't read it in ages, but okay. pretty much, Wolverine was originally on Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Okay. And he finds the, when the X-Men try to stop him, he pulls him off a gene, oh. and that whole triangle happens again. Uh-huh. The one everybody knows.
2: Yes. <laughs> and been... he joins. Yeah.
1: And it, it's actually a good series, like the Bender stuff, the Miller stuff. Yeah are uh, pretty good. Everything after that is questionable.
0: So what? what is it? Is it Wolverine going around um, rounding up mutants and killing them? Or what, what's... Uh, or was that just a... was this just like really a one-off in the whole series of him?
1: I think... It, it, I think it was part of that storyline. It's just him recruiting mutants.
0: Okay. But,
1: yeah. But something about this issue, man, it's mm. very deep.
0: It is, it is, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, there are other questions as well, like... Could could they somehow contain the kid, and could Wolverine have brought him back, and could they have tried to tried to fix him somehow? You know, I mean, there's, there are options like you know magic or something or some sort of tech, um, which I, I suppose you wonder afterwards, reading it, going, you know, could this not have been done? But in, in any case, um, the impact that it has of what Bendis chose to do, of of having Wolverine go there. To basically um, to save mutants, but at the cost of one life, was had quite a um, quite a strong impact, I think. And and uh, yeah, and and the fact that Bendis doesn't use much of his usually snappy dialogue, which is what a lot of people kind of associate Bendis with, um, really made it non non-Bendis, I thought for me. Um, look, cause a lot yeah. of Bendis, a lot of Bendis that I love. Um, Mostly is from the Daredevil run with him and Alex Maleev, um, absolutely oh, fantastic, fantastic. And but there was, you know, the the dialogue was zinging there. It was it was really really working. Um, and you know, other stuff arguably not so good. Um,
1: I don't know. Uh, His Ultimate Spider-Man was pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, I haven't read that, and people always cite that as oh the, you have the top. To. Yeah, and and the same with Alias as well. So he's got really really big. Really big um, issues and titles that he's done. Um, yeah, and, then and he got Civil War too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And when voices start sounding the same, then, then I always find that as one of my first like yardsticks of like, okay, a writer should really be able to craft a voice. I mean, if you look at this this issue as well, the two characters, um, the characters were very well drawn out. I think Wolverine and and the kid are very distinct. You know, they they both don't sound the same. You know. And there was a particular agenda from the kid. Wolverine had a particular mood. Um, you can tell it's um, without a doubt Wolverine. He's kind of a bit grouchy, you know, a bit solemn, a bit, a bit quiet. So yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, Bendis is really good at. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Another thing I don't think I loved about this issue
1: because we usually see David Finch draw like exquisite action scenes, like mm. larger than life characters. This one he just draws like a nice. It's just like a normal, just a normal day. Yeah. Not normal like that,
0: but normal. No, no, I know what you mean. It's it's nothing, like, there, there aren't any, you know, aren't any spaceships or aren't any car chases and, and dynamic action scenes. It's just everyday life. Um, and he does it really well, like attention to detail and everything. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, Rick, I am going to throw it to you first because um, because I can. Oh, <laughs> um, Let's give it some crescent dart ratings here. What would you give uh, this first uh, Ultimate X Men Volume One Issue Forty One? And this was titled New Mutants Part Two. What would you give this out of five crescent darts? Oh,
2: um,
0: I would say four. Four crescent four. darts. Yep. Yeah. A nice solid, uh, nice solid four. Um, yeah. Look, I would, I would, uh, I would say four as well. Usually, four for me is. Uh, is a solid and above, like, as an, an enjoyable issue. You know, generally, if an issue is okay, i usually give it a three, three and a half, but four is, is pretty good, I think. Um, very, uh, like, a memorable issue. So I'd agree with you there, Rick. Um, four Crescent Darts uh, each... For that one, so an average of four there, loonies. Ultimate X Men, um, check it out if you can. And uh, you have a physical copy of this, so obviously available on floppies uh, still. Uh, is it collected in a trade? Do you know, um, Rick?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, okay. I know Marvel's been reprinting the Ultimate X Men
0: line. Okay. Well, X- okay.
1: Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate Spider Man.
0: Oh, okay. Right, right. Uh, well, I might, I might just um, have a little quick look and. Um, I'll check. I'm sure it's available on Comicsology as well, so you can pick it up oh, there, yeah. or, or Marvel Unlimited if you are a subscriber as well.
1: Yeah, so. I'll give you a tip now.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: want to get into Ultimate X Men, yep, Stop at the Robert Kirkman stuff.
0: Oh, Robert Kirkman does it?
1: Oh yeah, he's he does a one called Ultimate Cable. It's a good oh, arc, yeah. but
0: after that, it's not good. Oh, okay. So, do you know what issue number? And- Oh, I think it's 68 68, Putting you on the spot there. Okay, cool. I'm going to check it out. Um, like awesome. Ultimate Cable
1: is like the best Robert Kirtman story. Uh, okay, of, of Ultimate X Men. But after that, it just goes
0: down in quality, unfortunately. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. And and it went for about a hundred issues, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a shame. Oh uh, Cool. 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 That's uh okay. Right. That's um that's good. Um, oh. Thank you, Gina. Thanks for picking up that. That was delicious. The coffee was great. How was, how was your chili dog there, Rick?
1: Oh, it's great, man. Those jalapenos.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Also, as well, uh, Jenna, um, just to let you know, yeah, you've got in front of you, I just noticed, Ricky and Ray. We're right here. So. Oh. Yeah. We aren't your sons. Um, so don't get us confused for your sons Ricky and Ray but uh, yep, we are the real deal Ricky and Ray thank you thank you very much (laughs) Um, all right let's um, let's head on to your second Ra book here Um, do you mind uh, giving us the credits here Rick
1: of course it's a Moon Knight that uses of restraint story written by Charlie Houston Mm -hmm. art by Tom McCocker is
0: a coca? Uh, Coco, coca. Yeah,
1: potato, coca. Potato, potato. I'll yeah. say coca. And uh, Don Cameron on 3D Models and Dean White on colorists
0: Excellent. And this was uh, released December 2007. And before we get into this, Rick, I just would like to say, number one, obviously, thank you so much for including a Moon Knight comic, which is um, obviously <laughs> great for, for loonies listening. Um and number two, issue 13, I think I mentioned it a couple of times in the Facebook group. This would have to be one of my favorite issues as well. Um like to
1: stand out in that whole lot.
0: It is, isn't it? And I'm glad that I'm not the only one that sees it. So it's uh, really, uh, when you when you mentioned this was your other book, I just, you know, did a mental yes in my head. Because, um, yeah, this is a great issue. And we'll get into why as we go through it. Um, so, uh I guess a, a little bit of background um, for it. This is around the time of the first Civil War um, event, uh, and it's it's pretty much to do with the Registration Act, isn't it, Rick? Oh
1: yeah. Mm. I'd say it's sometime after Civil War. Yeah, uh, a time. bit.
0: Yeah, a bit after, but the ramifications are still there. I guess. After. Oh yeah, it's like a yeah. month after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the um, the effects of Civil War, I guess, are still kind of percolating. Um, throughout the Marvel Universe, and and very much so here, um, with Moon Knight, uh, basically going to get assessed to whether or not he can get a registration card to be called a um, uh, you know an official superhero or or a, or a um, what do they call it certified vigilante? Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, how about you kick us off with the first page here, Rick? Of course.
1: Oh well, the first page starts with Moon Knight on the uh, edge of a building, and Iron Man is talking to him, but it's actually not Iron Man. Yeah, this is good. It's our boy Conchou, just uh, in a very—I think it's like a classic Iron Man suit to this day. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's just asking him, like, "You're going to do it? It's yeah. for the best, man. Come on. Yeah, you'll get arrested instantly if you don't." Yeah. And Moon Knight's just looking at a paper clipping of like a war criminal in yeah. a in an armored car.
0: Yeah, it's an armored it's an armored car as well. Like not conspicuous at all. Like nothing <laughs> sus. No. Um, and before we get into the ne- well, it goes into the next page. But I love um, I love the take on Moon Knight's costume here. There's very much yeah. an emphasis on the hood. So he does have this really I don't know really scary look to him. Um, he
1: reminds me of an executioner.
0: Yeah, yeah, or or like the Grim Reaper or something. He, um, you know, is uh, he's pretty cool. Um, so him on top of the and on top of the rooftop, and we immediately get the sense that obviously he's obviously not. Not a hundred percent, as we always know, Moon Knight isn't. So he's talking to Conchu slash, Bushman slash Iron Man. You know, <laughs> it's like Conchu pretending to be Bushman, who's pretending to be Iron Man. It's pretty funny. Um, but anyway, so he um. So basically, he uh, yeah he he jumps off the roof rooftop, Um, And a stunning page
1: nonetheless.
0: It is a great page. The colours, not only the art but the colours, are brilliant. With um, it's like a watercolour almost. Um, And so there's a lot of purples and reds, um, but you get that that really the white from Moon Knight coming down. And again, his face still concealed in that big hood. yeah, yeah, and Moon Knight says, "Yep." Well, he basically says to Khonshu, "I'll do it," uh, and Khonshu says, "Was there ever any doubt?" And off he launches himself down onto the armored vehicle.
1: Yeah, and the next panel just has like a little shot of a blood red moon, which is like good, good thing to start off with, <laughs> and it just goes into a police, just in a normal police cell, mm-hmm. and there's this guy. He's just like complaining, like, "How come?" How come? I want to know why I'm dragged in looking like this. Yeah, and he's and we find out he's talking to our
0: boy Flint. Yes, he's a real uh, asshole as well, isn't he? He's a real. Oh, asshole. he's great. Yeah, he um, there's a bit of domestic violence happening there. Oh yes, and he's just there, smoke, trying to smoke
1: a cigarette, not caring whatsoever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, and the guys are basically going, "Look, I can do whatever I want behind closed doors." You know, you're not allowed to. No one's meant to judge me on on what I do. You know, whether or not he beats his kid or not. You know, that's that's not like a bad thing. I say sarcastically. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he he reveals why he's a little pissed off this um this bugger, and it's because he's been branded by Moon Knight. So Moon Knight's obviously caught the guy. Um, doing his bad thing at home and uh, invaded him and branded him with a crescent moon on his forehead. Uh, And basically, um, one of the officers is telling uh, Flint, you know, you must have really gotten on the bad side of the lieutenant because you're getting all these cases. Um, You know, why why are you getting all these cases? But what Flint does, he takes out a Polaroid and he takes a, a quick snapshot of the guy... Um, sitting at his desk
2: yeah
1: yeah then next you know the cop just like starts abusing Flint I'm like why don't you just get a digital camera yeah. you know there's the like, internet right
0: yeah yeah and <laughs> it's Flint, not... um,
1: Flint unfortunately is like you know we've got to cut him loose yeah we didn't see him hit the kid he just made a complaint
0: yeah yeah and then um... the cop starts
1: insulting Flint
0: yeah yeah he does
1: Um, Exactly. And then the then the the poor guy's like, "Oh, you blew it. Wait till I come back and see what's going to happen." Yeah. Then Flint's like, "Yeah, whatever." Get
0: out. Yeah, exactly. Because Flint knows he goes, "Yep, we can release you. Um, That's fine." But you realise we're going to release you with him out there, and he shows the freak, and he shows the guy a whole lot of pictures of other criminals that he's taken polaroids of as well. And they can I think, only...
1: can I say one thing
0: quickly? Yeah, sh- sure. I think I know. I what you're love the say. fact. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> I love the fact that out of all these criminals, one that sticks out is Tommy Hulce,
0: known <laughs> yeah. for creating the
1: greatest worst movie of all time in the room.
0: Yeah, just yep.
1: laugh every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember you faced that, that up on the Facebook group, and it is without a doubt, it has got to be him, hasn't it? It's uh, it's hilarious, and he's right oh. there, front and center. It's hilarious, <laughs> but um. But there are other uh, pictures of criminals there as well, and some of them have three or four crescent moons on their heads because Flint says, you know, if you're a repeat offender, the freak is going to get you again. And uh, some of them don't have noses and lips, so really brutal stuff that Moon Knight does, and he scares the guy out of his office. Um, and Flint just laughs to the to the policeman saying, oh, I love it, the expression on their faces every time. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so basically, he just says, "Yep, the the moon guy will do, will do what he do what he wants." <laughs> basically, yeah.
1: yeah, basically. And the next panel, it's it's another shot of the moon, but this time it's not blood red. It's like yeah. a bit creamy. Mm. It's like a clean color, and it's Frenchy, and he's standing up in bed, and his boyfriend's like, "Come back to bed, man." And, and you can tell something's wrong. Yeah. The next thing you know, it goes straight to Marlene, Is walking
0: her boyfriend at the time. Um, well, that, I thought that was Mark. I don't know. Yeah, that's Mark, I think. They they come, they just come from a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and she's very distracted, um, by something. Um, Yeah.
1: Oh wow! Okay, I, I never even noticed that. I always thought it was a different guy.
0: Well, I mean, I can understand why as well because they do have an on and on and off again relationship. So, uh, yeah, very much so. But I, I do think it is him. Um, uh, yes, I think it is. Oh, maybe oh, it wow. isn't. No, maybe it isn't. I don't know. It. Hang on. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Uh, anyway. Yeah. She's anyway. Talking like.
1: You have permission to sort all this out, and in the background, you see someone's watching.
0: Yeah, that's right. Very well, uh, very well picked up. A lot of the art here is, to me, reminds me of um, of uh, Alex Maliv as well. It's like very like realistic. Um, oh so, yeah. Yeah. So and and what Coker um, does here is really cool. Is that it's almost like newspaper print. You can see the um, what do you call it pixels or whatever with of, of close-ups of the shading. So they're just like little dots. Uh, really nice texture um, and so anyway um, we get moved to what can only be called I guess the moon cave massive yeah. massive moon hideout here and uh, we have uh, Ray uh, Ray, um, one of Jenna's uh, sons just working on I, I assume one of the moon copters or one of the vehicles and um, and he's on the phone to his mum um, Jenna um, so I hope she doesn't hear us <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah it's um, and he's on Long Island it says uh, but he's just working on his job and it seems to me that Jenna doesn't know that he's working for, for Mark Spector um, at the bottom of the page we get the profile who plays a big part in this um, now working with Mark Um and they're both in a car and they're observing someone.
2: Yes. If
1: yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Then it goes then it goes straight back to a Frenchy and and the boyfriend, and he's just really annoyed for some reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rob, he's um Yeah, because I think he's trying to he's trying to get Frenchie to open up to him, but he Frenchie's still not not really saying much about yeah. Um, about what's troubling him. I mean, as a partner, I guess he's trying to trying to help him, but uh, Frenchie is very much closed off. Of course, mm.
1: then he slams the door and he just leaves. And and Rob's like, "Men,
0: yeah, exactly." Oh, and it is another person. Yep, sorry. I remember. Oh this yeah. C- yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right.
1: Uh,
0: and he's- yeah.
1: And Marlene just says it out front. He's just looking at. That- for an adrenaline rush, in in life in general,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: She told how her, her father, her, her brother, both murdered. My ex husband left me, mm-hmm. and Mark, just crazy. Just wants yeah. she's just looking for someone to look into, to hang on to. Yeah, but uh, bloody Taylor, man, bloody Taylor.
0: Taylor, Jeez, he's um. You know, she wants. Uh, well, he, well, he gets. He gets accosted by some of the the thugs there, and both Taylor and Marlene get um, get mugged. It seems, and uh, and that's interspersed with um, another scene of. So we get Mark and the profile still in their car. They're looking at someone. So they're not looking at Marlene and Taylor, obviously. They're looking at someone else, and uh, the profile wants to wants to get a sense of this guy that they're looking at. And we find out that it's the, the, and the um, it was a psychiatrist that Mark, Mark will see. Uh, and he, he makes some really cool. I like these observations that Houston writes in here. Um, so the profile says, I'm pretty sure it's the profile is doing, not Mark. Data observation, how he walks, adjusts his tie, says hi to security, touches his fly to see that it's not open, rubs chapstick on his lips, glances at the ass of the girl walking past. Browns at the dog pissing on the tree. Um, and then from all this, the profile sees he can kind of, with his mutant power, get a glimpse of what this guy is. And this is important because it comes up later. Uh, he says, I can see his lonely little childhood, that time mummy caught you playing with yourself, that feeling of superiority out of nothing, but always having the highest test grades in class. Um, yeah." Uh, yes, I see the treadmill at home covered in dust. I see the bottle of hand sterilizer always in your pockets. Um, so he's kind of summed up the guy already. And uh, and Mark says, "Okay, tell me, tell me what it is."
1: Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then next thing you know, it's it's just a page of Frenchie in his yeah. nice car. Let's just say that that's pretty it's cool. At the front of Spectre Manor, would we say? Uh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'd say he so. To, he just wants to go home, but he's just caught.
2: hmm
1: at the same time, it's also spliced in. Yeah, Marlene just beating the utter crap out of these guys.
0: She's vicious, isn't she? she she's like, vicious. She's stepping on toes, mean people on the head. Yep, grabbing crotches.
1: Grabbing <laughs> crotches, and she pulls out keys. I know, God.
0: Oh, I felt sorry for this guy. Oh, yeah. And as we go, a very little text here. Um, she pulls back the head of one of the guys and she gouges him with the keys and she keeps on hitting him. Blood just flowing. Um, and, yeah, so she is a fighter, not a lover.
1: <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Then back to
1: the uh, moon cave, poor Rob gets uh, a gun behind his head.
0: I think that's Ray. Is that Ray? Uh, 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 oh, no, Rob. That's yeah. that, Rob. Oh, yeah, Rob. that's Rob
1: first. Then Ray, Ray comes yeah,
0: in. And then Ray goes, yeah. yeah that's yeah.
1: you, man. I'm pretty sure that's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ray's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. No one <laughs> no one comes down here on it now. So it's a bit, you know, creepy. That's it. That's it.
0: Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so Ray just mentioned something about Bushmoon. They're going, oh, don't worry. You won't see him again. Um, Ray said, yep, yeah, that'd be good. Next page. Uh, not much here. What we see here is, uh, is it Mark or is it the psychiatrist? Someone walks I think through. I the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist. No, it's, Mark. It's, Mark. it's Mark. It's Mark. Okay. So Mark uh, is, is due for his appointment. Um, he's basically going to get assessed whether he gets uh, registered or not. He goes through the stringent security measures by S.H.I.E.L.D., as, as seen by the, the arm patch there of someone, um, and just a splash page, basically, of that.
1: Yeah, and the next panel, he's going through the metal detector, and it's just mm-hmm. going off. Seeing oh seeing yes. x like all the metal plates he has. Oh
2: gosh, and yeah, the,
1: yeah. And the lady's like, "Have you been in the war, or something?" And he's like, "Yeah, something like that." Yeah, just brushes it off like it's nothing.
0: The guy is a walking bit of injury, isn't he? Oh yeah. yeah. Then you got this guy trying to work
1: Stark, Stark Tech, and it's just not working for him at all. Mm. And. Spectre's like can I just come in can I can I go
2: in? <laughs> yeah
1: and then then the psychiatrist is just there setting up his little camera mm-hmm. just, yeah I'm dr Deford that's me yeah I'm not a video tactician unfortunately I'm just horrible at this
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah so we get the sense as well it's a very dark and oh, it's a very dingy room just the two of them it's pretty much just an assessment um, you've got the blinds down you got that soul camcorder set up, um, and he just checks. I think he just checks. He goes, "Mark Specter, yes." I think he is checking for the personality. Um, and Mark raises a hand. Yep, that's me. Brilliant art here again, like very dark, kind of noirish. Um, anyway, so they shake hands, um, and Doctor Deptford just does some checks on Mark to make sure. Which I, I thought it was a really cool touch by Houston because um, that's a smart thing just to make sure he's not a shapeshifter or anything or um, he's been replaced on his way to the office just to make sure he's a real deal. So he does his... Oh, he yeah. takes out his, Yeah, takes out his little doohickey and uh, just, just does a test, and I guess he's satisfied.
1: Yeah, and, and Mark's like, that happens? actually <laughs> happens? I'm like, oh, no, it's just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, how would you know? The doctor's like, how, how would I? Like, yeah, of course. Well, it could happen. Not until we start talking. Then Mark's like, so here I am. And the yeah. doctor's like, well, well, I suppose that's what we're here for, to determine in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then so they get into it. This um, this back and forth dialogue. Um, Mark says, I thought you were here to determine if, if I'm crazy. Uh, and the Doctor Deptford says, Oh no 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 no. You see, Mister Spectre, there's no doubt that you're crazy. <laughs> um, so you can stop pretending. Um, and. Uh, and he is very much intent on just processing and rejecting like to dr deptford this is a, a sh- open shut case uh, he knows mark will never get registered because he is just a uh, a mental mental patient
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah then marks just saying like are you trying to provoke this you're trying to provoke this for a violent explosion just you want something the doctor's like sometimes, it, sometimes not always, but sometimes. Then out of nowhere, he
0: feels a shotgun right behind his head. Yeah. Oh, well, he kind and of like, he kind of threatens him a little. There's a little bit of a threat yes. there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, thank you, man. Just wanted to make sure nothing bad happens. Yeah. Let's just get out of here. and We could just uh, start talking about your whole life, how yeah. you used to do military service, CIA contractor." Former Avenger, several well documented years as a masked vigilante.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it's um, it's it just reminded me a little a little parallel, Rick, with um with the Ultimate X Men issue. So for for this second act of the of the issue, it's very much just a, a dialogue between two people, which is very different from Wolverine and the little kid. But um, I really do love how how much you can gather from each of the characters just by having the two of them sit down and talk to each other. Um, so this dr Deptford um, is basically telling mark geez mark you have suffered a lot um, for a man in his late 30s generally you're in you're in good condition um, but the physical that you took last week was was borderline um, several serious injuries over the over the years and there's a shot of mark's knees which we know he had um, terrible accident oh um, yeah yeah, and uh, so he's saying. Oh, um, well, he's basically saying about his um, physical prowess, I guess, um, still not being up to scratch. And then he asks Mark, um, why hasn't he registered his powers? And uh, Mark says, well, I don't have any powers. And he goes, well, that's odd. Uh, there are accounts here of you um, witnessing that you do have powers. And this is a nice little nod, I think, to Fistaconchu. Volume two of Moon Knight because he did have powers,
1: unfortunately. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, and and it, pretty much the next page, it's just Mark just trying to deny like I didn't have powers, man. Mm. I haven't had them in years. Please don't mention it. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe there's a little something there that Charlie Houston is trying to tell us as well. Um, yeah, and it's got him then fighting in the um, in the jungles somewhere.
1: Yes. I'm, like I hated that costume, but it looks really good here.
0: Yeah, it looks all right. Uh, yeah, his um, his gold bracelets. Is, uh,
1: yeah, cool. and the mark just says like you know, powers. They're just overrated. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. He he, pretty much prefers. And we have seen, and a lot of Looney fans know, he just gets in there. He does he does the work. There's no nothing fancy. Moon Knight just gets the job done uh, as brutally as he can. And he says people can get hurt. And there's a beautiful splash page here of Mark in the foreground, Moon Knight looking almost like Grim Reaper-esque uh, in the middle, and then there are just scenes of uh, the likes of Morpheus, Marlene, um, and just uh, a couple of other people from earlier runs, I do imagine. I do remember. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I think that's, that's actually from Fist of Conchure, um, those two references of that lady getting shot in the head. And of Maybe. that other, yeah, yeah. There was a, yeah, I I vaguely remember it, Um, but yeah, very nicely done.
1: Yeah, and Doctor's like, you know, it's a wise answer. It's a wholly of a character. I hope you understand it. And by the way, and he's like, as a a smart-ass thing to do. Yeah, what a dick. He pulls it over like, oh, the moon looks nice, don't you think? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and I love the page. I love the panel where just just Mark just turns away, not to look at it.
2: Yeah, and in the
1: in the mirror, in the window, you just see a boy country <laughs> just haunting him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just pointing a finger at him. Um, yeah, yeah. But Mark, because Mark knows what he'll see, I reckon, and so he just doesn't want to have a look. Um,
1: Not only what he'll see, what he'll do. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. Especially how, it
1: to, especially how it was like a blood moon before.
0: That's right, and it's kind of it's kind of eased off a little, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, and the doctors are saying, like, it's establishing this. We want to see what it takes, what's happening here, is that your sanity and character are being assessed to determine what levels of cautionary alert should be placed over your file.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just I just want to see if we could accept that as a possibility.
2: Yeah.
0: And then, um... So he just says, yeah, I think it's better you know the circumstances, um... And he goes, you may, you may, if you like, terminate the interview at any time, but I can't say how that might affect the, the influence of my assessment. So he's really kind of tr- trying to prod him, um, uh, saying, look, you know, if any wrong step that you take, uh, you, you're going to be out, you know. Um, and and Mark says, as a smart-ass response, well, I can't get any crazier, can I? And uh, Deptford says, oh, if I didn't know you better, I'd judge that as an honest response. Um yeah, and then, so he says that he'll interview some of his associates over the, the coming weeks, um, and then he asks, um, he wants to tonight speak to possibly Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant. Um, uh, and then, I think it, it's whether it's a test or not for Mark, um, but Mark responds, they they aren't. Uh, and Depford goes, what? And he goes, no, they aren't real. They're just roles, aliases. So Mark's obviously trying to to show him that look, I'm not that crazy, um, they're just rolls uh, so he's trying to trying to convince I guess Deptford um, because you'd think he wants to get registered so
1: of course, yeah mm. then the next panel which it it just shows how important the moon is in this whole issue mm. just see the moon then like are you feeling rested yet then out of nowhere. Like, I always think when Mark changes personality, his body, his posture and everything changes as well.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: But I think when he becomes Jake, he just speaks in a New York accent.
0: He does, yeah. He's a bit more gruff. Um,
1: More gruff, he's more intimidating.
0: Yeah, and there's a little... You can see in the facial expression, there's a little bit more... There's a change in his face. Yes. And
1: you could... Especially with this art, you could tell Mm. how... The way he's just looking at the Doctor, he just wants to beat the crap out
0: of it. He does. He's got He's got a level... And this um, features into the latest Bemis run as well, where it's, it's highlighted that Lockley is a bit of the loose cannon. Um, so it's very much picked up here in this uh, Houston run that Lockley is a little bit more on the violent side.
1: Yes. And he just starts slagging off Spectre.
2: <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. How he yeah.
1: double-crossed him. And he, how him entwisted Marlene. Mm-hmm. He just walked him away for years.
0: Yeah. And again, this lends to more of the Bemis um, run. So I remember Rick first uh, reviewing the Volume 9, the Bemis run, and being slightly taken aback by how Bemis handles Lockley. But looking back at issues like this, it's, it's quite warranted. Um, there are incidences of Lockley being called, you know, the violent one or the or the, the looser canon so yeah, uh, I found that quite gratifying that we do see this in the older runs
2: Oh yeah mm.
0: um, And then as we change the page and this is, it's around this in, um, these pages that I really really enjoyed this issue because we see the flick of, of Mark's um, an personalities analogy. yeah, his identity I called changed. this one yeah. I call
1: this one the American Psycho Personality. Yeah, right, yeah. I don't know why, because it looks like he's acting like Christian male the way he moves.
0: Mm, mm. Especially well, in that movie. Yeah, right. I haven't seen... I've read the book. I haven't read the... I haven't, uh, haven't seen the movie, though. But I can imagine, like a high-flying, kind of yuppie, um, yeah, kind of um, profile. But yeah, he's very different here as Stephen Grant. He's smiling. He's a bit more charismatic. Um, his language changes as well, um, and, um, yeah, uh, so he just mentions, of course the whole thing was a wild misunderstanding. What I'd actually requested wild was directions. Chase. Sorry? A wild goose chase. A wild goose chase, yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, dear Jake is an able enough chauffeur, but he is entirely without a sense of humour, uh, and it's just the facial expressions really got me, and, um... There's something slightly unerring about seeing a character just jump between these identities. Also, okay, um, Mark, also him smiling is a bit creepy. It is, it is. And so I can only imagine what Deptford is, is seeing, like seeing him jump from Mark to Jake to Stephen Grant. Uh, it, I think in real life it would be, um, be quite scary to see someone jump personalities like that. But um, uh, So anyway, Stephen goes, Well, I am nothing if not self-aware, um, the way this man dresses, these clothes are a prison in and of themselves. Um, and then, so, Deptford actually mentions, I wonder, Mr. Grant, have you noticed the moon this evening? Um, and here comes my favourite page. Yeah. Oh, this so page gets... So, so were they trigger words?
1: Um, I Rick? think so. Yeah. I think yeah. so, because after that, Mark is just lying motionless. Hmm, yes. Like, nothing's moving, he's just out of it yeah and the doctor's like clearly this guy is mental <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
1: he's clearly mental he should not get this at all then out of nowhere you just hear him call him a little man an insect
0: <laughs> exactly
1: why you task my servant insect insect oh god it reminds me of Dolph Lundgren especially <laughs> yeah. in the Rocky movies, where he calls everybody an insect
0: oh really yeah. It reminded me, actually, of Magneto in the X Men movies. Oh yeah, uh, you are oh, yeah. A, um, a something amongst uh, amongst ants or something. You are a god oh, yeah. amongst ants or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Conchú,
1: which is obviously speaking from us, like, why mm. do you try to stop my laws and petty petty grievances?
2: Mm. What
1: prize do you hope to win? Yeah. Insect worm. Now, God <laughs> decay. You are talking to no one. You, you are not asked to talk. Only your obedience is desired and commanded by the Lord of Vengeance and the Mood, conscious speak.
0: And, and it all makes it all the more disturbing by the fact that he's saying this, but the, his body looks like an unconscious man, you know, so it's almost as if he's, like, possessed, obviously. Um,
1: the way I took it when I used to read this all the time, yeah, like, Imagine it if he was saying that but his mouth wasn't moving. Oh right, oh that'll be hard. Like then again, then again, this is like, this is me like watching tons of horror movies. It would totally work in oh,
0: my mind. Yeah, I, I could I could just see this this scene in in this room working so well in a TV or a, or a movie, like, like a it's, whole Netflix episode. Yeah, just really dark and it's really scary just to see these changes in personality of, of Mark. And just these two guys, I would feel scared for Doctor Deptford. You'd feel scared for him in this room, Um, especially with this um, with Mark speaking as Conchu. But really great stuff. Um, So anyway, the next page, which I'm sure is another one of your favourites, Rick. Oh yes, this is this is the this is the money shot here. (laughs) Um, uh, So Doctor Deptford starts to play along, just a bit tentatively, and uh, and Mark slash Conchu says these things which we've heard before. You see nothing, I see. I see you, yes. I see your lonely little childhood. I see that time mummy caught you playing with yourself. I see that feeling of superiority born out of nothing but always having the highest test grades. Um, I see treadmill at home covered in dust. I see bottle of hand steriliser in your pocket. So he's actually saying stuff that we know that Mark has um, discussed with the profile. So he's using this... To trick Dr. Deptford But it is having a desired effect Because he goes on And this is the other stuff that we hadn't heard of But which the profile had told Mark I see the killing jar at home The endless rows of many legged And crawling things snuffed out And pinned and displayed for your own pleasure I see the rag and the chloroform I see the pigeon and cat and the mice I see you stroke their dead fur um, So Dr. Deptford Has got a bit of a dark side himself He um, he's probably crazy as well (laughs) um and he could easily turn into like i guess if you you profile like murderers and stuff um this fascination with killing animals gradually getting bigger killing um pigeons and cats um you know he's he's graduating to, to bigger kills um and then he says uh at the end um I see that I command obedience of such a thing as you is the only grace you shall ever know. Kneel, slave, and serve your Lord. And I think Depvet is so taken aback by all these truths that Conchu has spoken to him. Mind you, being tricked because the profile actually told Mark, but he does and he kneels down in front of Mark or Conchu. Out
1: of fear. Out of, out of fear,
0: fear. Out of pure fear. And what we know as Moon Knight fans is that Moon Knight gets his stuff through fear, doesn't he?
1: oh yeah, the next yeah. panel is just Mark just finally waking up and yeah. the Doctor's like, oh yeah, here's your registration card. <laughs> yeah. You're yep. now a hero. Please yep. leave.
0: Yep, congratulations.
1: Uh, I pray okay. to God it's the last time we meet. See you later.
0: Yep. <laughs> and it actually it leaves you with a bit of a bad taste for this guy, Dr. Deptford. Of course he was a bit of a dick earlier on, but now you know he is totally wired the wrong way as well. So you're kind of like, oh... I'm kind of glad Mark has kind of gotten the better of him. Um, yeah. So as you turn the page, uh, ni- a nice nine-panel, equal equal panels um, here. As Mark goes out, we see Doctor Deptford uh, in the in the room, interrogation room, head in hands. Uh, he's just shocked by the whole thing. Mark walks back out through the um, security system, and what was surprisingly, he just rips up the um, uh, the testimonial, your registration basically, and he walks out, um, and he uh, he takes out the dictaphone in his um, his pocket, and the recording is deleted as well, so, um, what was that there, Rick, Didn't, Did have I missed something here, was he recording? Oh yeah, that one...
1: yeah, uh, the doctor was recording it all. Oh, the doctor was recording, sorry, I thought that was Mark. Oh yeah, Lee. he ri- it was ripping up all the evidence of Mark being there.
0: Ah, right. Okay, I thought it was Mark ripping up his registration. I'm going, okay. Well, what's the deal with that? But oh, anyway, I
1: thought that too. Then I realized, like, oh, it's
0: the yes. doctor.
1: Doing all this because yeah, after this issue, the next arc next yeah. arc is uh, Tony finding out that Mark got the yes. registration.
0: Yeah, that's true. And actually, it makes sense because if you look at these panels, it alternates: so Mark, Doctor, Mark, Doctor, Mark, Doctor. So yeah, the the the, the papers being ripped and the dictaphone. Are the doctors then we see mark um at the at the car um and we see the doctor deleting the recording on the camcorder and then we see the profile saying how did it go
1: before we go to the next panel i'd just like to do a button if yep. you notice in the panel it's yep. done in like a cross and in the middle is just mark and everything else at the top is the doctor freaking out the left mm. is him tearing the papers. The light oh, yes. is him erasing it, and the other one is just him deleting everything. Yes. And Mark is straight in the middle.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's it's really well, really well laid out. I think. Um, really oh, great. It, it's it tells beautiful. a mass, tells a massive story. Like you know, uh, in just those few panels, really good.
1: Then, Mark's like, "Oh, it worked. It, it all worked. I had to make him believe it was like a problem and everything. Mm. So That license must be burning a hole in my pocket." Yeah. And he just simply asked, you're sure he won't hurt anyone? Yeah. And, and what well, the well, What his name? Oh, my God. Oh, the profile. The profile, okay. Yeah. The profile, like, nah, it's just human.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll just say as well that, um, well, the profile, you, you take it that he knows him now because he's read him, and he says, yeah, he'll be impotent his whole life, so he won't hurt anyone. <laughs> um, Yeah. Which I thought, which is reassuring as a reader. Okay, okay, so this Deptford, he won't be. You know, we won't see him again, and he won't cause any trouble. But yeah, you're right. There's a really cool thing there where Mark says he's evil, and the profile says no, nope, he's just human. And remember, he can say that because he's a mutant as well. So, um, okay, yeah. Uh, so then, what we do? We get cut through to. Um, we get cut to uh, to Mark now, uh, back to the beginning where we saw him in costume, um, and we have here the the gentleman in that armored vehicle, the um, the war criminal. But uh, call him not Kingpin. No, uh, a, a a smaller Kingpin, uh, Milovich, um, and anyway, he finds Mark in his car. So when when Mark or when Moon Knight took a dive. From the rooftops, he uh, didn't crash through. He managed to get into the car somehow.
1: Oh, yeah. He got in all right. (laughs) He did. And then the next panel is just the two guys sitting in the armor car, just like chilling out. And just on the radio, it's just people people talking about the whole registration, how it works. Yeah. The next thing you know, you just see a flood happen right behind them. The guys just turn around like, what is happening over there? yeah then the next page they're being flung out of the front seat yep. and, a, and a gash of blood.
0: Mind you, getting flung out of an armored vehicle which you'd think would have armored glass that is a pretty big amount of force to be to be um, thrown through so. Um, Especially going from,
1: being flown from the inside <laughs> Yeah, exactly
0: And little room to throw someone You know, you can't get a run up or anything like that So, um, you know, questions out there Whether Moon Knight is, is affected by the moon or something Because he, he's strong as hell And uh, anyway, so the, oh, next yeah. Pa- yeah, the next page We get really cool image here It's very, very horror-like as well Of Moon Knight um, crawling out of the windscreen You just see the hood again And just the two white eyes and he reaches out for Milovich, um, like a like a monster from a from a horror movie and uh, and things just go red as uh, as Milovic screams so again fear and horror
1: yeah and the next page is just seeing moonlight just walking away from the armored car which is covered in blood now yeah and while the while it zooms into the car it's just a little radio plane saying like oh license will be issued with using of great discretion. He yeah. only to the individuals display a similar level of discretion. Individuals who know the proper use of restraint. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those guys got the Moon card into their head, yeah. and the registration card shoved in his mouth.
0: Yeah, yeah the irony of it all, isn't it? Like, you oh, you do not want to give the registration card to Moon Knight. He, this is uh, one of the classic um, showings of how brutal and how... I guess, just how unrelenting Moon Knight is compared to other superheroes. You would not get this with your Daredevil or your Spider-Man. Um, probably something... You'll get something like this from your Punisher Max, probably. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but there are very few superheroes that kind of um, go this dark, and Moon Knight's definitely one of them. Um as we head towards the end, we again see Ray and, uh, is that Frenchie, um, in the Moon Cave. Um, again, Ray just fiddling with some stuff there. Um, I
1: don't think that's Frenchie. I think that's Rob. Is it
0: Frenchie? Oh, is it Rob? Okay, sorry. I just saw the um, uh, just saw the hat of Frenchie. Um, yeah, you're right. Because he, he, he was, Rob was there before, wasn't he? So it would make sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, because there was also that French there as well, so Ray, yes. Uh, Rob's not French, is he? Or is Frenchie... I thought it just Frenchie was. But anyway, it does look like Rob, so I'd say it is Rob. Um, But yeah. So anyway... um, Yeah, so actually then, yeah, Ray makes the quip of... Not like you've never lost anything yourself, is it? And he actually alludes to Frenchie's cap, which must be alluding then to Rob and Frenchie's relationship.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. And then... Then, uh, then over. I think was it Ray saying it?
2: Ah,
1: uh, Ray. Uh... Or, or it's Frenchy. It's Frenchy. Yeah, it's Frenchy. Our Frenchy oh, talking how he's
0: lost stuff. Uh huh. Oh yeah. You, you
1: just see a shot of Mark showing up to Marlene with hands covered in blood.
0: Oh yes, there you go. Yep, yep.
1: They lock eyes, and Mark just takes her inside to wash her hands. While that's going on, like you have got this brilliant like dialogue going on like, I have lost some things. My mm. legs, yes. When I was first I yes. was paralyzed, I was challenged to overcome. Not to be able to walk, to send my own. Terrible, yes. But it taught me things. How better it relates on others to ask for help, to love honestly. Later, I was told I might walk again. But the surgery would require I lose a part of myself, my lower legs, my feet.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and he goes on again. He, this is uh, over... Uh, over the images of Mark and Marlene as parts, yes, that I had not used for years but still I was in terror of losing them as if in fear of losing the ground I had once walked on fear that in standing again I would lose the stability I had found Uh, great loss, it teaches what we love the things lost, the new things found Um, and it it shows Mark and Marlene in, in an embrace jeez, um, they are a violent couple, aren't they? They, they seem to yeah. seem to get um, you know, they're very attracted to each other. But they're both very violent people. Um, uh, and and so Ray says, "Say, Frenchy, you, you tried. You're trying to tell me you want your old job back?" And Frenchy goes, "No,
1: no way. <laughs> Only that there is one thing that a desire without understanding with a panel of Marlene just digging deep into Mark's yep. skin, God, very I'm, violent."
0: Very violent. I'm surprised she hasn't got the keys and she's not stabbing him. Oh man, (laughs) don't give (laughs) her the chance.
2: (laughs) And Um, Ray's
1: like, Oh, I hear that, man. I understand. This is the last time this is going to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Ray's like, Gives him a nice bottle, crack it. Yeah. And Ray's like, I want to show you something quickly. Mm -hmm. And he shows.
0: Frenchie the old uh, the cab that we came in uh, Rick which oh is yeah Berkeley's the, the cab yeah so that was there just probably a few years ago um, because it took us here now. Uh, yep and Frenchie says yes it is hard. it is hard for old soldiers to say goodbye to their past uh, to say goodbye to their armor and their weapons and you just get a shot of basically Mark's life which is the moon the moon cave with a massive amount of, of armory and, and vehicles at his disposal. Uh, oh yeah.
1: yeah, and then the next page it just sums it sums this whole issue up. The mm-hmm. trappings of the past leave gracefully the field of battle. Yes. Just shows two panels: Frenchie and Ray leaving, destroying yep. everything that's in that uh, in that yes. cave, and Marlene just like shit. What have I done?
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Mark, I guess, still there in bed because uh, you can see his legs. Um, oh yeah.
1: You- Probably
0: exhausted. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, he's had a tough night. Um, but that was the end of that issue, which was a fantastic issue, there, uh, Rick. a Really good issue. I hope we did it justice, Loonies, um, because it is certainly one to um, to read and reread if you haven't read it in a while. Um, how are we going for Crescent Darts here, Rick? What would you uh, What would you give? Uh, this one. Uh, Moon Knight, Volume 5, Issue 13, The Uses of Restraint.
1: See, I wouldn't give it a Crescent Eye, but I'll give it five keys to the eyes out of ten.
0: <laughs> wow, five keys to the eyes. Out uh, of five, right? Not out of ten. Oh, out of, oh, out of
1: ten, yeah, yeah. Out of ten.
0: Five? Only five no, out of... not I thought you said five out of ten. I was going, oh, okay, that's pretty low. Oh, oh, my bad. Uh, five uh, out of five. Five out of five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's what I thought you would. Uh, yeah, five. Let me just type that up. Five out of five. Fantastic. Um, pretty self-explanatory, I guess, isn't it? Um, very one of your favourite books. Um, ones that one that you have reread, um, and yeah, just has a lot going for it, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah. Honestly, when I tell people how to get into Moon, I just give them this issue because I have the physical as well. Like just read this issue. This sums up the character Midnight like, in a nutshell. Like how his personalities work.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree as well. It, it's uh, it, it it has a bit of action in there as well, but it's not your stock standard popcorn comic issue. There's actually Oh, no, it's more like horror. Yeah, there's horror and there's real substance in in the interaction between Doctor Deptford and Mark Specter in that room. You get to really see Mark's DID come out to play. Um, and you get what I find an interesting character, um, the profile. You get him involved as well, uh, almost like a merc for hire himself, or, or just um, a consultant for hire. So Mark just uses him and his abilities. Uh, there is there's some striking violence in it with Marlene and Taylor, uh, with with Mark or Moon Knight towards the end. It's got it's got everything, and the art is, um, I think, very well suited to this story as well. Um, yeah, I actually wouldn't. Would, I actually can't imagine it if David Finch drew that. I think Coca. Oh, it does would a, be completely different. we be very different, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a lot more action, angle, dynamic. Oh, well, that's what I'm assuming. I mean, let's just face it. We did actually see Ultimate X Men where he he draws very understated scenes as well. But um, just with Coker, with his um, even with Detective Flint and uh, that criminal with the, the the crescent moon on the forehead. Uh, it just lends itself to that—I don't know—to to that noirish kind of look, um, and I think it was really, really well done. I would give it five Crescent Darts as well. It's one of my favourite issues of, um, of Volume Five as well. Um, so five—it's uh, five keys. I would say um, that would be uh, five Crescent Darts, uh, five Crescent Moons to the forehead. I think so. Oh, right. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, so um, very fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, I can't I can't lord that issue enough. I, I do like it, and every time I reread it, it's um, it's very cool. Available on Marvel Unlimited. Available on Comicsology, I believe, uh, as well as you can pick it up in floppy or in a trade, um, as well as uh, oh, I was about to say hardcover. Probably you can as well. I don't have a hardcover of it.
1: If you if you look really hard, you if probably you look,
0: could. Yeah, if you look really hard, it's um, they're hard to come by. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth picking up, Looney So please do. Um, Rick, we are we are almost out of time oh, no. here. Yeah, I just I wanted to thank you so much for um for for joining us at uh, Jenna's Diner. We're still here. Uh, things are still bubbling along um, they 'll be open all night i 'm sure um, but no it 's been really cool to to finally have a have a really good chin wag with you um, I know i 've mentioned this also as well. I did meet you once before um, you sold me. Um, a whole lot of Moon Knight as well, which was really cool. And we had a chat outside of King's Comics, which is um, yeah. 310 Pitt Street, Sydney, if you are in the area. A very cool comic store. Uh, but it's fantastic. been really nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, and and you, get to, you, know, you get to bump into a lot of people uh, with like-minded interests. And um, yeah, it was great to meet you then. It's great to, to chat with you now, just in a, a relaxed format. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, anytime you're available, please um, pop onto the show.
1: Oh, for sure, man!
0: Fantastic, um, and uh, I was about to say, if you had any, would you like to sh- if you had any anything to shout out? Um, please feel free. Oh, um, anything
1: to shout out? Yeah, I forgot to mention. Yep. I forgot to mention this, but I li- I, I started listening to that uh, in that Iron Fist podcast. Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah, fantastic, man!
0: Excellent, excellent. So awesome. that.
1: I love it. Also, I would like to shout out my mate, Andrew yep. Clayton, from a couple of NPCs. He actually got me into Iron Fist. He lent me the Matt Fraction run.
0: Oh, well, that's a very good run. too. I'm actually reading volume. Oh, actually, I've, yeah, I'm reading that at the moment. Uh, fantastic. It is a fantastic run. i glad that you like Iron Fist as well. Um, who was your mate, sorry? Uh, Andrew Clayton. Andrew Clayton. Well, shout out to Andrew Clayton. You've got good taste, my good sir. Um, and yeah, a shout out to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. I know Connor McKenna, the, the host there, will be absolutely chuffed, Rick, that, um, that you're on board listening to them. I, uh, I believe they're, they're recording one of their episodes tonight as well, so keep an eye out for that. Um, they'll we'll be looking. At, yeah, they, I think they're, they're looking at, there was a voting thing done, and they're, they're going to be looking at um, reviewing all the Power Man and Iron Fist issues. So that's a big one. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's so very cool. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Rick. As, as I said, uh, always happy to have you back on whenever you, you can make it, if you want to make it. Um, and, yeah, and Rick can be also be found on our Facebook Into the Night group uh, there as well, as well as the, the Looney Bin, which is our, our chat room as well. So if you're keen uh, to drop Rick a line as well, just um, just drop a line there. I'm sure he will... Uh, respond
1: (laughs) oh yeah if you need any help with like obscure 90s characters I'm your man
0: yeah (laughs) excellent oh true and that reminds me Rick I'll send you a a quick message as well after the show Um, just grab a list of your 90s loves um, your kaiju stuff and your your manga stuff, and I'll put that in the show notes. So for anyone that's interested, because I know a couple of loonies have, have voiced some interest in these sorts of formats, these um these informal chats that we have with uh, with loonies, and it's a good way to actually uh, branch out and try new things. So um, yeah, so we'll definitely get that information from you, Rick. All right.
2: Um,
0: Excellent. So, next phase, uh, we are going back to our classic run and modern run. Uh, we'll be looking at Hulk Magazine, Volume 1, Issue 15. Uh, and for our modern run, we are looking at the final um, the final part to the um, the first arc by Charlie Houston, actually. It's uh, Moon Knight, Volume 5, Issue 6, so the last part of the bottom. Uh, oh. we'll yeah, if if you wanna if you want to weigh in on that, Rick, are uh, you're more than happy. Um,
1: <laughs> um I'll weigh in now, actually. i might as well weigh in right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Love, that. Yeah. yeah, love Ah. There you go. That's a, a shining testimonial, Looney. So you must, must pick that up if you haven't read it already. If you have, reread it again and get yourselves reacquainted for next week. Uh, we'll also have Rebecca back to to co-host with us. So that will be cool. Um, she's always, um, she always got great things to say. And it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to have Rebecca on. So looking forward to that as well. Um, finally, uh, where you can find us. Uh, We have done a slight rejigger stuff to make things easier for you. So you can email us at itkmoonnight at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at itkmoonnight. Facebook is at um, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight for the page. And if you want to join our Facebook group, it is facebook.com slash groups slash... That's right, ITK Moon Knight. So very easy to remember. Uh, We've also got a blog site, intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. And also we're on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Just search for Into the Night with a K, a Moon Knight podcast, and we should be there. Finally, on all podcast catches, um, just search for us. Uh, We should be on the likes of uh, Stitcher iHeartRadio, Radio, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, all of that stuff. So, yep. Please um, tell your friends and uh, and keep listening if you ha- are doing so already. All right, Rick. I think for the uh, the finale to this, I think it's. Um, I think we should probably head into the mooncopter, and I can whisk you back home. Give you a, give you a quick lift. How about that?
1: All right, let's go, man.
0: All right, let's make our way to the mooncopter. Right, Rick. Are you all strapped in? Oh yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, catch you later, loonies. As we always say, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. I'm giving Rick a lift home. Catch you later. Later, guys.